welcome back to We Heart Hartnett, the podcast devoted to That's exploring really the filmography of the actor Josh Hartnett, movie by movie. Mm. I am Patrick Willems. And I am Jacob Torpy. And I'm Matthew Torpy. And you might have noticed, new opening theme song today. That was, because we requested it and we have the best listeners, that was the hip-hop remix by... Patrick Smith remixing the version of the theme song by Brian Hose that you usually hear every week, which is a cover of the version originally written by Matt and Jay Torpy with minor contributions from me. That's right. <laughs> and thanks for pumping us up today. Thanks. To talk about some and vamps. Thanks for that, that Baroque sort of uh, uh, genesis of the song. And yeah. uh, thanks, bud. I Patrick who? Uh, Patrick Smith did Patrick this, Smith. this week's theme song. Thanks for the really cool, it's cool, it's got a kind of trap beat or something. I also, we we lost our shit when the 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 rap vocals came in listing the movies. <laughs> so great work on that. And and also, I I constantly forget to credit Brian Hose with the the usual theme song, but I I love it. The theme song brings me such joy. And you elevated us to a whole new plane of musical ability. Yeah, I know. Musical talent. That 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 song that we wrote and recorded in the span of two hours originally. Oh yeah. And also, again, if you're listening to this, if you record some sort of cover or remix of the theme song, please send it to us because we'll probably put it on the show. I would yeah. love so much to hear some sort of like thrash metal or black metal cover. Oh yeah, I every that. genre. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. Every genre. I want to hear the bluegrass version. I want to hear country western. It's the most suited to bluegrass like from the initial conception. Guys, whip out your banjos. Ooh. Anything. Get those banjos. Your distortion pedals, your banjos. Yeah. Your, uh, we want to hear a shoegaze version. Yeah. We're Ooh. looking for that. We're listening for like uh, My Bloody Valentine yeah. style. I, I'd like to hear the just full synth pop version. Yes. yes. Get your Casio yes. keyboards out. Yeah. Uh, uh, your 808 drum, drum machines. Kits. Yeah. All of it. Exactly. But so, so guys, how's everyone doing today? I'm feeling good. That's feeling good. Well, good. Jake, you're... You're right now, because we can say this on the podcast. Yeah, big news. Jake's getting married soon. I'm getting married in two weeks. Have yeah, we not referenced less. basically your wife? And called, we've, we've mentioned her a couple of times. Yeah. Her name's Rachel. She's lovely. She's, wait, <laughs> guys, 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 guys. She's not his wife yet. Anything could happen. That's true. Hey, man. We got two whole weeks. Yeah, she, we They do. haven't That's sealed true. each other, half, each half of each other's souls in the rocks, the magic stones you put in your wedding rings. Yeah, we, we realized we needed two things to spice things up, and that was the government and God. <laughs> we got double G's the, going. The double G's. <laughs> A nice Wait. pair of double G's in your life. Wait, is, is that what Snoop Dio double G is for? Yeah, yes. God and the government. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. So that's what makes things special, and that's yeah. what's happening a so, little bit. So Jake's been, really cool, been stressed man. recently because the wedding planning is, like, getting down to the wire. Oh, yeah, I felt uh, a light uh, taste of nausea for about two weeks now. Mm, the bile is rising up the back and of the And it's throat. a healthy nausea, but it's there. Right. Um, but, you know, we'll see. You know, it'll happen. It'll be nice. Everybody will have a good time. We'll be there. I'm here. Yes, Matt and Pat will be there. Don't throw um, up on your wedding day. I might. Throw up on it, just don't throw up in the wedding ceremony. You're welcome to throw up on the oh, day. Oh, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like before or after. As I long would, as everyone doesn't see. We'll give you a bunch of Molly to do. <laughs> so you're so chilled out. So I'm unintelligible. Like, yeah, and you, but you love everything that's happening. <laughs> I love everything that's happening, and nobody else loves what's happening. Her smiling and sweating Rubbing her so like much. veil. Like, that's so weird. <laughs> Where's the garter? <laughs> Jake, get out of here. Where is it? <laughs> so I eat the bouquet. <laughs> I'm hungry. So that's what's I'm happening in uh, Jake's world. So also, I was worried to mention that just because I didn't know. I, I, sometimes I feel like you know we're like the Beatles and like minus Ringo, and I'm like John Lennon, 
And you know how like and wait, they you kept think it Rachel quiet? is your Yoko? She's Didn't John Yoko Lennon Ono. beat his wife? Oh come on! No, like, <laughs> don't take the analogy that far already. Sorry, I'm come talking. On. You met Matt. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's true. Give me an ending like that. So mm. here was the what I was trying to make with this analogy until Matt put it into the realm of domestic abuse. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> was just that the Beatles were so popular when they were younger, right? Like us, and um, so uh, like Young. John was married to uh, Cynthia. Right. right, his first wife, but their managers kept it a secret because they wanted him to have the presence that he was oh, single and ready to mingle. He was available. He was available because they felt that the popularity of the band would go down if any of them were shown they to had be to seem uh, married men already. Yeah. We do call you Pretty Boy Jake, and you have well, been a sort of sexual draw. That's true, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and we all know the only people, the, the only reason. <laughs> I think the listeners so, so be able to feel that. I mean, our, our listenership is like exclusively like teen girls and gay men and and the only reason they listen is because they all are really on the off chance that jake suddenly appears in something and even jake's voice is enough to sort of get them worked up exactly maybe he'll be mine yeah (laughs) maybe he'll be mine well so we're taking a huge step here yeah well we put an axe into that so 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 immediately our downloads are going to drop just Significantly next week. Free man, we'll say Jake's address on air. <laughs> and you guys can just come over and ask to have sex with Jake. And hey, guys, guys, it's not just Jake. We're here too. No. Yeah. We're, 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 we're Matt and Pat with our sexy voices. We got two bachelors over here. Two eligible bachelors. Yeah, but why do you think that's we the are? best way to say it? <laughs> yeah, you talk about cum all the time, <laughs> and it's so fresh. And people don't like how fresh you are on this podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm fresh. I got a mouth on me. I, yeah, yeah. But that's Matt's appeal. Uh, I was laughing today because uh, I, I walked past uh, that. Uh, I forget what the movie's called, but it's that Walmart Walmart movie, <laughs> and it's like option one diplomacy. Oh, I love that poster. Option oh, two, uh, we'll try diplomacy again. Option three. It's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> it's like mile twenty-two, right? Yeah, something like it's just like and it's just Mark Wahlberg, like sort of like digitally distorted with like just a huge sniper rifle, <laughs> and he's just like poster. you brought this upon yourselves. <laughs> Is that like Mike Tyson? <laughs> no, no, hey. I'm Mark. Uh, no, that wasn't bad actually. That was that was a good Donnie, like, impression. Of yeah. Donnie Wahlberg, my brother. Yeah, my brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Walk Wallen. He's like, he sounds out of breath all the time. Welcome to Wahlburgers. We tried diplomacy twice, and now you're looking at the barrel of my gun. (laughs) So over the weekend, uh, I I went with our our past guest, uh, Chris, to go see uh, Sicario 2. And the trailers before the, the movie, they played the trailer for, I think, Mile 22, the Mark Wahlberg movie, and The Equalizer 2, starring Denzel. And seeing these trailers back to back, when it got to mile 22, I was like, I just expected the equalizer to show up at the end of the trailer because I'm like, they're just making the same movie. Wouldn't that be much? Cool. And then well, they Benicio, were already in two guns together. And then Benicio's in it too. Yeah, uh, Spoilers, does he die? Hey. No, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. Well, was it good? I dug it. Yeah. It's, uh, I, it looked rad as hell. Well, so here, here's my yeah. thing about it. I wish it had just come out two years earlier mm. because there's multiple points in the movie just because of the subject matter it deals with and like right. the political climate of the yeah. moment. I'm just like, ah, oh, this is unfortunate timing because of the immigration stuff. I mean, it's it's all about stuff at like you know the Mexican border and you've got like Mexican cartels like using like illegal immigrants to like smuggle yeah. like bad shit into the country. And I'm just like, this wouldn't. 
like make me uncomfortable if it were just if it just came out. Like, it's, no, that's a constant little, debate. Donald Trump is going to watch it and he's going to be like, "My point exactly. It, I don't well, understand." That's exactly yeah. the thing. That and sounds like Raymond's brother. <laughs> My point exactly. You sound like what's his Jake name? Jake is the Brad Garrett you of our sound generation. Like Brad Garrett. <laughs> well, Sicario One was also kind of like like yeah. I was like well, after watching Sicar- the first Sicario, which I love, but it was like the whole point is is it is it Emily Blunt right? She yeah. The whole point is, like, she's naive and doesn't understand and is a functionary in this, like, rule-based system, and you need these weird macho vigilantes like Josh Brolin and stuff to actually do the work it takes to right. keep our borders safe. Yeah. And to me, what was interesting about the new one is, because there is no Emily Blunt figure. Right, because yeah. we loved Benicio in the first one. Everyone that watched right. it was but, like, but oh, so, he's so, cool. He and, kills and, them. Yeah, but so you're introduced to Josh Brolin first, but he's we already know he's just, like... He's not a good guy. He's yeah. just doing, like, I mean, I There's guess no it's, it's in the name of, like, you know, maintaining, like, you know, America as a functioning country. But, but he seems to like it in the trailers. Oh, I mean, he, he does, but also we he likes don't, it as a character. We don't really root for him. Because right. we, we, everything he does is, there's, is very morally questionable. Is that on purpose, you think? Well, the, the movie is, frames it that way. Yes, okay. th- that is intentional. That's cool. and, That's and, and Benicio is basically kind of the hero of the movie. Yeah, he's the guy who I mean, who actually has like, like, uh, like emotions in this. He actually cares about what he's doing, and there's like. Right, there's a sincerity to what he's doing while Brolin's just kind of like, whatever, I'll just, like, fucking destroy everything. Like, who cares about collateral damage? I'm just gonna, this is what I do, you yeah. know, whatever, man. And he, he, doesn't, he doesn't seem to really give a shit about anything other than winning yeah. while Del Toro's character does care, actually, without spoiling anything. Like, like, a lot of the movie, it sort of becomes, like, like a Logan thing where it's, like, him to have yeah. it like, with this, this young girl that he's, like, taking care of. Right. And anyway, I dug the movie. And... But it, I would not put it alongside, like, The Equalizer and this new Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> While those basically seem to be just, like, sort of power fantasies in the way of just, like, mm. hey, let, like, uh, like, I'm Denzel, and I just want to make a movie where I just righteously destroy everyone. Well, just when I'm Mark Wahlberg, and I want to make a movie where I righteously destroy everybody. <laughs> I guess, are we, back in the, are, we, are we back in the headspace of, like, Death Wish era a bit? A little bit. Kind of? Yeah. Well, that's also funny because I didn't... I know the, the first Equalizer was a remake, and I also haven't seen the first Equalizer, but I remember how it was marketed, and it seemed very much like a pretty somber drama. Like, he's this guy who, like, he sees this this girl that he kind of cares for, like, bad things happening to her, and he's gonna use those set, that set of skills to, like, do what's right. A particular and then, set of skills that he has. Exactly. And then the Equalizer 2 is just like... Denzel traveling around the world wearing disguises just fucking up all the bad guys everywhere in so many different ways. And it's just seems like pure, just violent wish fulfillment. Which, I do love which that there genre, is, though. I was I, like, nothing against that. Yeah. I, I d- enjoy that. <laughs> it seems like a lot of actors that are just older gentlemen um, will, like, one of the, I don't want to call it a pitfall or, like, a trap you can fall into, but it is a groove that seems worn it's by like a lot a, of older you know what it is? It's like an infinity grizzled. pool, or, or what is it? The like wave pool, yeah. That can, like creates a perpetual yeah. wave, and you can just ride it. For and the Liam rest of your Neeson life. is the prime example of well, the dude that's just like settled, and he's like, ah, oh, he's just shrunk that slid into that groove, and now he's just doing. Is it on a train? Is it on guys, a plane? The commuter is good, though. I'm not saying these things no, are I'm not bad. No, no, no. And it, the, even skyscraper looks a little bit fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, well, because it's basically Die Hard, and Die Hard worked for a reason. But it's just, it looks like The Rock is just, they're just like, 
What other inanimate objects can the rock tangle with that yeah, are so big? He did a big? fault line, and I then know. he needs to do a building. I yeah. will say, like, mountain I, probably I wasn't, like, yeah. super excited to see a skyscraper. You know, I've got movie pass. I might catch it at some point. I will not but, be paying for it. But I, <laughs> No, of course, of course not. But I was hoping it would do better at the box office. Yeah. Just because I'm like, hey. That guy needs a win. It's... I know. Poor <laughs> the rock. Well, but, but because it is, it, it's a big budget non-franchise movie. And yeah, I just, yeah. I just hope that people, the audiences will go see a movie that's not part of a franchise. Well, and then in like, if anyone can can make that movie like a, a hit, it's the rock. Did, and it still didn't do well. Did San Andreas do well? San Andreas did pretty well. I like. That is there the, going to be a sequel to Rampage? Uh, I don't think so. That movie squeak that, that, one that movie there. was yeah. was only profitable because of domestic returns, and it kind of just squeaked over the line. Mm. But guys, the world <laughs> is a vampire. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of which, we're talking about Thirty Days of Night. No, beautifully but wait, done. Before that, I oh, damn oh, it. Oh man, no, that was so clean. This episode, I know, I know, it's really good. But but there's a thing. Silky there's a there's an important thing that I want to bring up on this episode. That I thought of this on the way here, and I feel really strongly about this, and it yeah. ties into our previous episode. Okay. Okay. So last episode, Aye. we had a long talk about the types of movie roles that Matt would like to to to, oh, to fill. Yeah. We, we're talking about Matt's acting career and how we want Matt to die in movies because, yeah. like, just have <laughs> either be like in a motion capture suit or just have some sort of big memorable death. Yes. And so I was thinking, just I had that in the back of my mind. Okay. And then a few hours ago, I texted Matt because. Uh, there was, there was actually, let me back up even further recently. Cause Matt and I live together. Uh, Matt just kind of casually mentioned to me in the morning that the thing that gets him through the days, the thing that, that he is pretty much living for <laughs> is the, the upcoming adaptation of Dune directed <laughs> by Denis Villeneuve. Oh man. I can't, I have to see it <laughs> because Matt, how much do you love Dune? A whole lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, since since we were in high school, Matt has been talking to me at length about how he just wants to see a great Dune film oh, adaptation. Matt, Matt in Saratoga was the resident Dune enthusiast uh, for basically our entire high school. Yeah. yeah. Dune's good. I just read it recently for the first time. I feel like, like last there year. is probably like a, uh, a good point to read it, which is probably on the younger side. At least the first one. It's yeah. weird. I mean, there's six books, and like, it gets into gets dense. Weird, not dense. I don't even know how to describe it. It gets wonky. Yeah. There's like a million clones of Duncan Idaho, and he's like a <laughs> sex slave that breeds with like Benai Gesserit witches that are like that learned this weird like tantra to enslave men. And there's there's, there's terraforming and Leto turns into a worm and uh, can see the future and reigns in the galaxy for you know. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of years because he, no one can assassinate him. If you're just Damn, joining dude. us, uh, you've tuned into an episode of uh, Dune Talk with Matt Torvey. Dune Talk, Dune unto others it, as no. you would Dune unto yourself. No, sorry, sorry. Uh, ooh, that, that's good. <laughs> Don't Dune unto others. I was going to say, uh, dudes talk Dune. Dudes talk Dune. That seems are, like that's are, been are, made in many are other dudes words. Dudes on Dune. The problem is there's too many dudes on Dune. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Okay, but uh, here's what I'm leading to. So Matt's very excited about. Villeneuve doing this Dune movie, mm. and it was just announced that, uh, that that an actor that we've covered on our popular podcast, We Cherish Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> it, Cherish Chalamet, it, it is in talks for the, the lead role in Villeneuve's Dune. Of Paul Atreides, I, th- I believe so. Hey. It's going to be Paul, yeah. And I he had, needs to get a little beefier. I had a thought. Yeah, I had a thought. It's so it takes so long for that movie to get made. It's true. It'll be yeah, old enough. It, it's early in the development, but so. 
recently, if you follow me on Twitter, you might be aware of this. Um, I really wanted to see the new Mission Impossible movie early. And right. I decided to just tweet at Paramount Pictures and be like, hey, guys, I made a 20-minute video about Mission Impossible. Can I see this movie early? And then, thankfully to our wonderful listeners and fans, people shouted at Paramount for me, and then Paramount invited me to an early screening. So that, that happened. I, mm. I, I put you a thing it? out there. In the, no, I, I, oh. I'm seeing it in exactly one week from Vox, the day. Vox Populi. But Got it. I put a thing out there, and because of the, the audience that, that we built, and uh, they, they, they rallied behind me, and made this happen. Yeah. So, I want to see if we can use that power again to get Matt Torpy cast please and like a, <laughs> as like an extra in Dune who dies. I want to be an extra in Dune. I want to be in the movie Dune. Oh, okay. And oh, I, I'm please, thinking we need, a, we need a hashtag. Maybe it's let Matt die in Dune. Oh, <laughs> because please. that's guys. I'm we're like launching this right now. The campaign. Ben oh. Villeneuve, if you're listening to this, uh, hey Timothy Chalamet, if you're listening to this, Timothy, please, Timothy, if, if anyone involved in the Dune movie is listening to this, look, just get Matt Torpy on set one day. He's not even a SAG member. You can pay him nothing. I don't even need any money. Yeah, man. I'll fly out at my own expense. I'll be make me be a Fremen in the background. Get, let him get eaten by a sandworm. Please, something. Sandworm. Oh, you know what else happens in the desert in on uh, Arrakis? What? Um, the what sand happened? sometimes will have like pockets where the gaseous chemicals mix underneath, Erupt. and they have a name. They gave it a name, right? And then the the environmentalist on the planet crawls around because they abandoned him in the desert, mm-hmm. and then it explodes. Loads over him, or you yeah. get sucked into the sand. You can get sucked into the sand, is what I'm trying I to have, say. Yeah, that's true. But I think the, the most realistic idea would be you get I'm a, snacked on. I am a nameless figure in the background <laughs> who gets raked by like a, a laser, or you know, blown up, or cheers when Paul Atreides rides uh, Shai Halud into the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you get? St- what's the knife called that everybody has? I think it's the Chris knife. The Chris knife. Would yeah. you want to get sliced by a Chris knife? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, get Matt's throat slip with a Chris knife. Something yeah, and, like and look, and, and again, or the Gamja bar. Well, no, that's or whatever. The Gamja bar. I say this as someone who has directed Matt in in many a project. Matt is. <laughs> I he's giggle a, all the he's time. A, he's a great actor to work with, and he dies like nobody else around. He is the guy you want for this. Denny, get Matt in there. Let Matt die on Dune. Sorry, hashtag, hashtag let Matt die on, on Dune. Dune. Yes. Can I, can I say what I think Matt's perfect death on Dune would be? Yes. You eat too much spice, <laughs> and, you, and you die. You think? Yeah, you, like, you get greedy. And you find like a spice stash. A new character? Yeah. No, you're not a new character, but you're like a throwaway scene where Paul Atreides is exploring the new world when he's with the Fremen, and they're like, never overindulge on the spice. And then you're like a. Like well, what a, they do, like Jake. A, like a petty thief in well, the Jake, Fremen. Well, Jake, what community. they do is. Um, you rush in. There is this thing where they drown the worm it. in water, mm-hmm. and the worm spits out this pure spice melange, and uh, it's sort of this drink that they use to induct. The uh, the matriarch of the Fremen society, who then inherits the memories of all future all previous matriarchs, and uh, no male has ever successfully imbibed the melange. Oh, except for Paul Atreides, and that's what sets him aside and makes him, you know, the Kizat Hadrach. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'll Fuck do yeah. is I'll be one of those people that's like, I shall try it. Yeah, and like, I will w- live, and then I'll die violently. Yeah. I like it. My mind will become overwhelmed and I'll die. I love this plan. Blood will come out of your ears. Guys, I'm happy to be a part of it. (laughs) I'm just happy to be a part of this. I I think we can make it happen. 
All right. I, th- I think we can make this happen. Also, remember, that movie is going to take years to be finished. So seven we got to eight time. years. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, that I just... I thought of this on the way here. I told you guys I wanted to bring something up. Mm, that is what I wanted I to bring up. I fucking appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, we're going to start this. It's going to be successful. I've, I've got and your if, best interest in yeah. heart here. <laughs> and, uh, and, and with that out of the way, we are now only like 20 minutes into the, the episode. The world is a vampire. I'll do it again. The world is a vampire. Speaking, Speaking of, of vampires, which, <laughs> wow. Uh, 30 uh, Days of Night. We, 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 we watched a movie about vampires. Yeah. Where then Josh is a vampire. <laughs> the, the, Spoilers spoiler. for the end of the movie. The uh, guys, you, you knew we were going to spoil this. We spoil every movie because how else would we to talk, talk about these yeah. otherwise? So, like, uh, whatever. You, you should be prepared for that. Guys, this is a turning point in the podcast. This is the final mainstream studio film in which Josh Hartnett appeared. That's right. Which yeah. is wild. This movie came out 11 years ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like getting into that class classic says this is like a cult classic now. I like it. Me too. Yeah. I think it's Three Days of Night is okay. Great. I had a lot I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean Is it wait, hold on. Is this both who who's only seen this for the first time? This is my second time yeah, seeing I, this. I, my first. I'd never seen it before. Gotcha. This is like my fifth time. <laughs> okay. I mean I've seen <laughs> it in this bits best and pieces. favorite movie. Yeah. I've seen I watched it in, in high school. Pieces. Yeah, oh, I watched okay. it in high school. And I saw I just saw it accidentally like a couple more times after that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is okay. a movie that like I, I heard TV about for years. I, I kept meaning to see it because it's also Josh's. Is it his second comic book adaptation? Well, Sin City. Sin City. Yeah. And this, yeah, and because I remember, so let, let's back up. Thirty Days of Night is a film by David Slade, but it's based on uh, a comic book written by Steve Niles, drawn by Ben Templesmith. Right. Yeah. And obviously it has an amazing premise. The premise, if you're not aware... Uh, Cut to Barrow, Alaska. It's set in the town of Barrow, Alaska, which is like the northernmost Tippy-top. town in like North America. Or in whatever. Alaska. Northernmost town in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. And, and the idea is that every year for 30 days, this, yeah. this town is just cast into darkness, just perpetual night. And, uh, and then a bunch of vampires show up in this town. They're like, hey, no sunlight. <laughs> hey, Sweet. guys. Let's feed. They're kind of funny. They're kind of like the like if you found a cool restaurant you never knew was like right under your nose. <laughs> You're like, why didn't we? I feel so stupid. Why didn't we just come here all the time? Yeah. And they overstay their welcome and the waiters and wait staff want them to leave. Yeah, and they're, they're clearing they're like... them out of all of their, uh, you know, product. And yeah. they yeah. cause such a mess. Yeah. yeah. They, they Oh, they cause such a... It's 11 p.m. We're about to close up. More wine. <laughs> Bring us the finest wines. Those fucking assholes. Yeah. Red wine. We need to head, we hide spill in the everywhere. <laughs> and then we'll light it on fire. Uh, yeah. I do. The premise. Yeah. That's what stuck with me because there was, between this viewing and my last viewing, yeah. there's been a hefty number of years. So the couple of things that, I, that stuck with me in my mind, you know how like your memory kind of disintegrates and you're really just stuck with images and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the you know the tracking shot of everyone dying the helicopter the shot overhead shot yeah of everyone oh. being slaughtered in the in the neighborhood and then just sort of like the vibe of the movie mm-hmm. like just it was it, it was kind of like it reminded me a little bit of like the last of us or something yeah you're kind of running through these blasted it, out it's empty a survival houses. horror movie yeah it's a survival horror movie and you just hear these like in the background and stuff they were great vampire noises the vampires were a little corny you didn't like the vampires? I did. I got I got behind it, but there was especially there was that one 
Which one? And he the, was just hamming it. He was hamming it up so hard. Wait, do you mean the lead vampire? No, no, he was great. He had that Danny Houston. Danny Houston. Danny Houston. Great, yeah. Had the that great empty look in his eyes. You're talking stuff. about the 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 Dave Bautista looking one. The bald yes, guy. The bald guy. Oh, yeah. his, he's like he grins all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's like twisting his head. Around. I'm like, I'm like, come on, you you're a vampire every day of your life, and you're <laughs> relishing it. Like, <laughs> just like twist. Yeah. Yeah. I it, know what you mean. It was a corny ass performance. Oh, I liked him because he was the spookiest looking one. No, the girl He's, was. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She looked like a uh, shark, kind of. Yeah. Right. She had like a smoothed over face I for whatever say, reason. So I, to back up a little bit. Yeah, um, sure. So sure. I, as much as I'm like <laughs> the comic lamps. book guy here, I have not read the comic this is based yeah, on. me neither. Me neither. But, uh, but I remember when it came out, uh, this was really what like, it very much like uh, launched Steve Niles' career. He became like a big horror writer in comics after this. Uh, I think it was the first like interior artwork that Ben Templesmith did. Hmm. And, uh, it's a really like weird looking book. Yeah, I, he, I mean, he's much. a really, yeah. like, he's, I really like him as an artist. He also, if you've read uh, Fell, the Warren Ellis yeah, series. Yeah, actually, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, same artist on that. Hmm. And um, he's, he's really cool and has a very distinctive style. And I remember because back in high school, because I think this comic came out in like, uh, like around 2004 or five. Uh, back then, I was an avid reader of Wizard Magazine, which was like the comic book <laughs> magazine. And that's how I would kind of find out about like, you know, like indie comics and, yeah. and things that were not just Marvel and DC. And I remember this was like the hot indie comic. It was published by IDW because, I mean, it was a three-issue miniseries and it just had this great premise. And yeah. then the cover of it, I think it's the cover of the first issue is also the cover of the trade paperback. It's just this like extreme close up of like the lower half of Vampire's face. Mm-hmm. And I remember all those fangs. It, it got all this buzz. It like launched the careers of its its creators and then it got picked up uh to be made into a movie pretty quickly. Like, yeah, right away. And I was always curious about it, but I never read it. And I have just like flipped through it though, and I do like how in the movie, the vampires look like Ben Templesmith artwork. Yeah, they were faithful they to like the like, whole like the black eyes, like the the really like chalky white skin, the shark like teeth. Dude, that was the they big thing. Like sharks. They gave. Now they were just like, it. let's just double down on. Let's just like really, let's go for the teeth. Let's give them more teeth. Oh, let's can have we vampires. Talk about the teeth for a little bit. All have m- way oh, yeah. more teeth. Jake, you got <laughs> thoughts on the teeth? Yeah, I want to yeah, talk some teeth. Um, it was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> I realized... <laughs> Jake, what, what do you like about 30 Days of Night? So, oh, well, the teeth. So here's something I realized about myself independent of this movie, is that when I meet new people... <laughs> you had a personal revelation. Yeah. You stare when at I their meet teeth new people, for hours. Yeah. No, no, this is true. I notice this about myself. If I meet somebody and I'm meeting for the first time, I tend to look at your teeth <laughs> as the first thing that I like sort of hmm. fixate on. And I don't know why. I, it's not like I've done any self investigation to know deeper into my psyche why that's like one of the first things i noticed but well, what also, i do Jake, know is when that you, I when do you kill people that. you always pluck their teeth out and add them you to make your a collection. necklace yeah. and then that goes on a loop with their name guys painted don't spoil over it. this i'm the tooth fairy killer all right fine yeah yeah i know all right you're the what's the uh, what's the skeleton key guy? oh the skeleton key guy that collects the teeth no, the Angelina Jolie. Crime, oh yeah, yeah. The, the bone, thir- the bone, the, the, the bone, bone collector. <laughs> it's so easy. The, <laughs> the bone collector. The bone God collector. damn it! God Fuck. damn it! Wait, th- that, that was one of the. Uh, that was also with Morgan Freeman, right? That wasn't that an Alex Cross movie? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, gotta collect those bones. So, anyways, since I since I look at teeth a lot when I meet people, <laughs> uh, let's just say I was like a, I was in hog heaven. 
when I was watching let's this just movie. Say, one uh, might call it a fetish, and let's just say Jake was. Uh, <laughs> let's just lay it on the table, and it's a fetish. It's and, a fetish, uh, and Jake watched it. He was very. And he made Rachel leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> I did not watch this with Rachel. It's boys only. <laughs> boys night. It's Jakey's tooth time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awful. That phrase. But but I really. <laughs> let's say Jakey's it frequently. Tooth time. <laughs> Fuck that. There's so many weird You were licking your be. teeth as you watched teeth? Yeah. Ugh. Smooth bone. You know my favorite movie is? Teeth. It's not. I don't want anybody to think that. All, all Gary Busey movies. Like, <laughs> all Gary Busey movies in the movie Teeth. Um, no, but all I'm saying is that they did really put a lot of detail and care into making these as extra spiny and slidey, slippery and slimy well, they're the, as they yeah, possibly could. But like Pat was saying, they're, it's, a, it's a very stylistic art style there was like the art yeah. style is really like you know I don't know stylish and hyper something yeah I mean the, the thing about Ben Templesmith's <laughs> artwork is I'm also just like if you're not familiar with it just google Ben yeah. Templesmith and uh, like read Fell in particular the uh, it's like a, a great little like like Warren Ellis written series with just really sh- like short stories it's about this detective with this surreal artwork but Templesmith's artwork it's like cartoony but also very dark yeah, uh, with, with like heavy and not a lot of backgrounds, but a lot of just sort of atmospheric textures. And he does tend he tends to do um, like the full art himself. It's not like there's like a, another inker and a, and a colorist. He does the whole thing. And yeah, and and it's both and it's funny because it is cartoony and exaggerated, but also kind of creepy and unsettling. It's really yeah. good. And and I w- also with the the vampire designs, this movie was all shot in New Zealand and Weta. Famous for like you know doing like Lord of the Rings did all like the prosthetics and makeup for oh, the weird. vampires. Wow. New Zealand, huh? Yeah, and that's how you end up with because in the comic, because it's in Alaska, there are a bunch of uh, Inuit characters, right? And they cast uh, Maori uh, actors in a bunch of those roles because it was set in, it was shot in New Zealand. Yeah. Okay, I did notice that. I did. Yeah. It's, but the premise. It's such a good premise. That's probably why I just I don't know. Well, you know Maybe what's I'm funny not about this movie harshly too? enough or something. But oh yeah, I mean, I mean there were I there were a couple issues I had with this movie which we I'll talk about later. But um, what I was surprised about with this premise, which I feel like we've all we all agree right away, is like oh shit, that's a great idea. Yeah, thirty days of night. Now the vampires can lay siege basically to like a remote Alaskan town. It's like a Super. I mean, it, you just get rid of vampires' main weakness. Yeah, right. Um, and it's but, like you and you and yeah. you add the horror element of uh, of like the thing. You yeah. have like right. a harsh environment uh, and a harsh isolated environment, and yeah. and the monsters that you we're all culturally aware of already as to like what's going to stop them or not. We know that they are they don't have that impediment. Yeah, but what was surprising to me too was that um, what's this, Stephen Miles. Stephen, uh, S- Steve Niles. Steve sorry. Niles, the, the writer. Steve Niles had a hard time getting this idea sold. Yeah, he I was tried, reading the behind the he scenes. He tried to pitch it as a movie first. Oh, right, and yeah. And then it became a comic. But then he tried to pitch it as a comic and had a hard time with that as well. Like, yeah. He, he, had, a dif- he had difficulties getting this sold in either format. And, and you're just like, this kind of, doesn't this feel like one of the few times when, you know, everybody says you need to have like a log line or like a pitch that's just like, blah, 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 but in space. And then yeah. producers are like, I understand what you're saying. Right. And, and this, this is that. And he had a still wasn't, a difficult this time. was the, when, when, when did he try and sell this? Like how many yeah. years did it take? Um, I'm not sure exactly, Let's but see. I will say I noticed a very strange thing in terms of the uh, the production history of this. So when he was pitching the comic, 
one of the places that turned down the comic was Dark Horse Comics, which yeah. is one of the bigger non-Marvel or DC. Right. I mean, it kind of goes like Marvel and DC, then Image, then Dark Horse. And Dark Horse turned it down, but Dark Horse is a producer on the movie. <laughs> and so I'm not sure how, the, but like Mike Richardson, the, the, I believe, president and publisher of Dark Horse Comics, really tall guy, is a <laughs> producer a on this movie. And so I'm wondering, did Dark Horse be like, we'll, did they somehow like own part of the film rights despite not publishing the comic? Do you think maybe they felt, they were like, oh, we fucked up when they saw the comic strip and we're like, we want a hand in producing the movie now? That I don't we know. saw how good the comic I was. Or, did, or, did, or was it a joint venture yeah. where they're like, we'll help bankroll some portion of this if we get a credit? Maybe, but I, I, I was actually reading about this and, and it, it literally said like, uh, you know, like, uh, with the development of the movie, like Dark Horse Comics, who had rejected the pitch originally, became <laughs> producers on the. And I'm like, it's not like Dark Horse is producing a lot of movies. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but it's very strange to me, at least. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I wonder if we can get any Dark Horse producers on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, actually, I. <laughs> get at us. I mean, I, I have friends who've request. written who've written comics for Dark Horse, hell, but but hell yeah, and uh, and so we got it in. Yeah, well, I, we got a lot. We've got, we've got connections. <laughs> but what is also funny because, you know, again, Josh has been our vehicle for exploring the past 20 years of American film. And one of the things that's happened in <laughs> the, the past 20 years of American gateway. film is the rise to mainstream prominence of the comic book adaptation. Yeah, and Josh has starred in two fairly notable ones. Yeah. yeah. Some would say pioneering. Exactly. Efforts. And the first like good faith pioneering efforts in mm-hmm. these materials. Right. Yeah. And, and an interesting thing with this uh, is that faith, but... Steve Niles, the writer of the comic, is a writer on the movie. Yeah. Because, like, back in the 90s and stuff like that, even, like, some of the early 2000s, the way comic book adaptations would usually go would be Hollywood would be, like, original people, get out of here. We don't give a shit about the fans either. We know, what, we know <laughs> what's best, and we're going to change it into what we think it should be. And now you've got this era where they're, where they're like, hey, let's make it as close to the source material as possible. Let's get the original writer to, like, write the screenplay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. No, it's nice. It's, it's, it seems like they're trying to do a service to the original source material, which is more often than not not the case. And there yeah. was a, there was a sequel to this Dark Days. Direct to video sequel. Direct to video. I mean, but yeah, technically there was a sequel to this. The most redundantly titled Dark Days. Dark Days. 30, 30 days, days of, of night, night dark, dark Days. That might be wrong. Um <laughs> well, let me see. Yeah. And I think there was an expansion also within the comic book medium as well. I think they Expanded on the lore a bit. Yeah, and there have been multiple sort of like follow-up miniseries because it's it, dark it, days. it is dark days. Is that <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, it, it was Dumb. it was dark a really days. successful like uh, you know creator-owned comic series because it also it was a three-issue miniseries. Yeah, and short and sweet. Yeah, just like the taste of blood. So, guys, should we just sure. start getting it like? Start at the beginning, begin to kind of work our way through. Let's begin at hell the beginning. Yeah. So we because, start. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we have our boy. Oh, yeah, we do. Evan. Looking the man. Great. Looking grizzled Looking and... Our boy Josh. Josh Hartnett. Josh, if you're listening to this, please come on the podcast. We would love to talk to you. We have oh, so many yeah. questions about Josh, so many movies. You're 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 filling out a bit. You're getting a little uh. older. But you, you got those squinty eyes work in the Alaskan wilderness because you've just they've been weather beaten and you, yeah. you know trying to keep the cold out. Yeah, you work but so well. we've got Josh <laughs> as Sheriff Eben Olson. Yeah. And I got to say one thing. I don't like Eben as a name. Well, 
here's the thing. Should be Evan. We have to address this. <laughs> Everyone has a cold. Uh, this <laughs> is a whitewashed role. Oh in, right, right. In yeah. the comic, uh, this he's character. He's Native American. What well, he's uh, he's I think at least maybe half Inuit. Right. Oh, right, right, right. But, uh, but yes, and there was mild pushback. This was also in the pre-Twitter days, so there there would have been more controversy if I think it had happened a few years later. But, uh, but yeah, they just made him nice, uh, pure, nice white man, a nice white nice Josh Hartman, Minnesotan. Hey, look what happened to his ex-girlfriend recently. She's been getting a lot of pushback for oh yeah, Ghost uh, in the Scar- Shell and, and Rub and Tug or whatever trying to <laughs> do the trans guy. And then hey, she, she dropped backed out. out of the role. Yeah, oh, she but did. she but like you know, yeah. It's 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 a it's a time where we're more acutely aware of this stuff. So I bet you though, if those movies were happening around the same time, Thirty Days of Night was, Scarlett Johansson just slide into those roles. Oh, and no one, no one, no one would have said anything. Well, actually, yeah. no. That Ghost in the Shell still because that was like that's a very pretty, popular like, thing on the nose, egregious. Yeah, it's yeah, like very and, obvious. And I feel like, and and with Thirty Days of Night, it's one of those things where even if this happened now, I still imagine they would probably whitewash the role, just being realistic about this, yeah. because there just aren't a. T- I mean, clearly they wanted a name, yeah, in in the part, yeah. and there just aren't enough like bankable like. Uh, <sighs> actors yep. of, of of either like like uh, specifically like like Inuit descent or Native American descent, and yeah. uh, for, like for the studios liking, and I'm sure they would have done the same thing. And for that reason, that's how we end up with movies like Exodus, Gods and Kings, or whatever <laughs> that Ridley Scott movie where Christian Bale and fucking the Joel Edgerton, Joel Edgerton play <laughs> Egyptians. So yeah, I, this is why. Do you remember when Ridley Scott talked about that? Do it. <laughs> Let my people go. No, <laughs> no, I'm gonna bring frogs in here. Pharaohs and locusts. You think you're some sort of fucking pharaoh? <laughs> Bring locusts in here. The river's going to be full of blood. <laughs> Just you white. Like brown ale. <laughs> like brown ale? Yeah. Uh, so That sounds like a good movie. I'd, I'd say that. Brown ale? <laughs> uh, Starring Christian Bale. I would... But the thing is that I, 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 I like Josh Hartnett's performance... In this, though. Me too. I would be maybe worse if he kind of sucked, but... I don't know. Not since Halloween Water have I seen him do a horror do movie. Do like a be a scare be in a horror movie be kind of like in fear but like kind of competent. He yeah, I agree with you. He plays he a looks man haunted who's well. way over his head yeah. and doesn't just act the cool action hero. He freaks out, he cries, he gets scared a lot, but he's also capable of like these Being horrible acts of violence yeah. and making really snap decisions that kind of feed into you know what what's the better part of writing which is like feeding into his characterization in a way that makes his split up with his girlfriend or wife make sense i will That's say true. she's like there's no I, we do not have time to explain all the ways and w- reasons why i left him but you kind of get the double edged sword of why she's into him and why she also left him based on how he behaves so I, yeah. I'm really this, this is going to be funny. I think I'm maybe for the first time on the more negative end of the. I I think you guys both like the movie more than I did. Yeah, my issues with the movie have to do with like some editing choices. Oh, it, that it, were awkward. Yeah, that, that's that's Definitely. my biggest one. But I will say, I think it's still the early 2000s. I think yeah. Josh is a little miscast in this. <gasps> I know, I know. Well, because early on in the movie, like uh, before the vampires attack, yeah, uh, when you're kind of like seeing everybody going about their days, everyone in the town looks like they are blue collar 
Alaskan people. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. they're like their skin's kind of weathered. They got some lines on their faces. Got man who got some beards, and Josh looks so smooth and <laughs> handsome. And I'm like, this doesn't look like a guy who grew up in this town. Yeah, his skin's so moisturized, right? I mean, you, you should look like he does at every, the end of at, the movie. Exactly. <laughs> the exactly. I mean, there is the evolution of his appearance over the course of the movie, but early on, I'm just like, this guy looks out of place. He doesn't like. I, I don't believe that he grew up here, and I believe that everyone else did grow up here. That's true. And, what and, about his girlfriend, though? Uh, we'll, we'll get Melissa, Melissa Okay, George. sorry. We'll, we'll get to her. But, um, but my thing about this is, this is not, there isn't a ton of characterization here. It's, it's a little bit of an underwritten part. Uh, I mean, he, 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 you learn a little bit about him, but he mostly just kind of tries to survive and does his thing. And I've been noticing with a lot of these roles that Josh doesn't tend to bring a whole lot that's not on the page. And so I, and I, I think when you have parts like this or maybe way, way, way worse movie about Hollywood Homicide that are mm-hmm. kind of underwritten parts, he doesn't have a lot to do. And he, he's, not, he's not filling the parts out with a whole lot. So he's, he's, I think he's fine, but I don't think there's anything really memorable about his he's, performance. He definitely is more of an empty vessel. Where if you give him direction, he can he's totally capable. Right. But like, like he, he, yeah. he's totally fine, but but I, I think the characters that where there is like more of a character to play, there's more of it's more of a type uh that, that take advantage of you know his natural attributes more like again I'm I'm thinking of like Version Suicides, uh the faculty, uh the first half of Lucky Number Slevin, <laughs> stuff like that. And and here it's like he's fine, but I don't think it's a very interesting performance. I don't think he's adding a lot more to this already pretty basic character. I don't think he's an interesting guy, though. I mean, at least in this particular movie. Right, but, okay, so here's what I'm thinking of. Uh, because there are some similarities in the movies themselves, uh, several times throughout this movie I thought of The Mist, the okay, Frank sure, Darabont yeah. film. Okay. And okay. Tom Jane <laughs> is the, the lead Chill in that. Out. And also, again, a pretty simple character, yeah. but I feel like there's more going on with Tom Jane. There's, like, more going on behind his eyes. And I think, you know, and Tom Jane, I, I think, is a perfectly fine actor, but I think he brings a bit more to that pretty simple character than Josh does here. Interesting. I haven't seen The Mist recently enough to remember anything about Tom so Jane's so Tom Jane's performance. The Mist. It's it's funny and the ending to me is ridiculous it's because so I funny. find it's it's like unintentionally funny yeah. cuz he murders his whole family <laughs> and then spoilers 30 for The sec- Mist. 30 seconds later The Mist goes away. Yeah, and he's like, and like damn it. He's <laughs> like, "Oh fuck." The military is like, "We cleared it." Clear. All the, they're all gone, all of them. <laughs> all the beasts. Where, what's in this car? You're under arrest. You killed your whole family. I, to I recognize what's silly about it, but I was just so upset like by the end of that movie that I like couldn't laugh. I like, I like, kinda like, like nothing was funny to me. I kind of like mean, nervous laugh. I didn't I was, like, like laugh at the end. <laughs> Come on, guys. But just so mirthful it at was the end. Just, it, was, it, just seemed, it was like there's an easy way to fix what they did, which all is have a murderous family. Oh, my teeth necklaces around <laughs> Radicals around, around your neck. <laughs> like the warlock Jake's that big I am. teeth time yeah. No but I just was like There's an easy way to fix this Tom Jane can murder his whole family And then you just do A have fucking a dissolve pass. Just to have a dissolve Where he's wandering In complete destitute right. Like misery But also Wanting to be killed By these creatures Because yeah. now he has no and reason To live don't. and he gets to Guys live. I brought up the mist To talk about the lead <laughs> Performance in it Sure I didn't I, This has nothing to do The ending of the mist Has nothing to do Hashtag burn all your DVD copies of the mist <laughs> <laughs> No uh, wait no the, No the I mi- like that The movie. mist I'm sorry 
great, better movie than, than <laughs> okay. Dirty Days of Night. But, uh, but I just brought that up to be like, I think Josh is fine in this, but I, but I, I don't think he's yeah. bringing a lot to the movie. Do you think, though, that's a fault with, like, I guess who do you think would be, do you have anybody in mind as like a better cast actor? Well, here's for this the thing. I actually role? did think, when I thought of the miss, I was yeah. like, I think Tom Jane would be better. Yeah. In this part, but also Tom Jane is a little bit too old because he has to have a 15-year-old brother as well, yeah. and so you would need a younger actor. And then it's a matter of like thinking like, um, okay, sure, maybe Chris uh, Klein. Oh yeah, Chris Chris Klein is the guy. He looks no, like a vampire too. No, uh, he I, could be walking around with just. <laughs> oh wait, as the lead vampire? No, as the as uh, Evan Olsen. He could just have no shirt on the whole time. So smooth, <laughs> just looks just looks like squinting. he squinting. Yeah, just came out of like Malibu. Is like, hey, hey, hey. So we're uh, we're up here in Barrow. Oh, uh, no. Here's I have a response kind of to the, what you're saying though. Yes, which is like. You know, first of all, I just think the characterization of Eben is that he he is like maybe the pretty boy of the town, and that's why he got to date like what must be the most attractive woman in the whole town. <laughs> I mean, uh, sure, <laughs> yeah. based on what the movie shows us, she is. Uh, yeah. And um, I think he's just like you know, kind of he's like a handy person. He's like smart, and he's in in like a kind of utilitarian way but he's not extremely vocal he's not he's kind of laconic whatever you know what i mean like so he's like a tough guy a little bit right yeah. and then the other thing but, is but, and, and, like I, I feel like that stuff that could have been like if there was more to the performance you could have gotten more of that sense but i because i didn't get that feeling watching it yeah well wait my other also, addition, if we're talking other actors in terms of like the right age range i think jake gyllenhaal could have killed this he would have been great. I think he he would have he would have brought more to it and elevated the role. I think that's true. But now we're he was now doing Prince yeah. of Persia though. He's, yeah, <laughs> so he was too he was busy, busy doing Prince of Persia. So, so actually, wait, wait, no, time no, well spent. I I, I think <laughs> he was doing time. like Brokeback Mountain and like uh, getting his like Oscar nomination. Oh, so damn. he was doing fine. Yeah. Damn. Um, damn, dude. All right, good whoops. for you, Jake. But the other thing I was going to say was... What a dumb name. Yeah. Stupid. Wow, yeah. It makes me sick to you know, think about. Your name is Josh. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Continue. Before Jake rudely interrupted you. Yeah. You're so... You're on thin ice, pal. <laughs> Maybe we won't even go to your wedding. Yeah. <gasps> I might not even go to your wedding. You know what? Don't even bother because you're uninvited. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. Yeah. Preemptive strike. Don't do this on mic, Jake. Dude, you're going to be begging for an invitation. <laughs> I don't right. even want to say my stupid thought now. <laughs> um, I'm going to sit in that for a second. And, okay. Um, I think what you're describing is more of a screenwriting issue. Like, a screenplay structure issue. Which is another thing you had problems with. And this is what I agree with you on. Is, like, uh, they needed... I think they would need maybe... It's a, basically a two-hour movie. It's essentially split in half. There's just like it seems like a two act structure to me, kind of like right. There's like pre vampires, and then there are vampires everywhere, <laughs> and they're starting to survive. Um, and that happens at the hour mark, I would say. There's like a kind of a lead up where things are ha- going wrong, and you don't know why, and Eben's trying to like figure it out. I think it's actually about half an hour in that the, the vampires kind of. Well, the vampires, you always know they're there, kind of right. And there's yeah. the weird like 
Renfield's type character. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. He's my favorite character, and we we, we got to slow down and get to him. Well, okay, so my only thought was simply that, like, if they allowed maybe 15 more minutes of cruising around the town as sheriff, meeting people, building a bit more through, like, illusion and reference and whatever of his relationship to everyone else and some a, a little bit more about him and his ex and mm-hmm. why they're splitting and yeah then that would be all it would take even a little bit more about the relationship with his brother yeah and then his, his brother which was maybe important. the thinnest thing yeah. in there and it's like so you, you don't feel the importance yeah. i think that's more the problem is cuz then once you hit the like survival horror section which is long it's like an hour right it's like there's plenty of stuff that could be way shorter or not needed in I think in favor of like what I prefer in horror movies anyway which is like getting cozy and learning to learning to like these people so that it's it's a big old punch in the gut when they get oh yeah savaged I, I mean, and murdered yeah. I've I've got a lot of thoughts on how to just improve this movie just on, on like a, a writing level and uh, but we'll get to that as we get into it because we have well, We've literally covered one character so far. Well, let's well, talk so about... We can... Yeah. So next up, uh, there is Josh's sort of estranged wife. Yeah. Uh, Stella. They are <laughs> technically still married, but they're separated. Played by Melissa George. Uh, who... Could anyone pinpoint her accent in this movie? No. I think she's the only one that was, like, maybe trying to do an Alaskan accent. Yeah, but... Like we, a Sarah Palin style, like, oh, there we're... <laughs> Right. We're up in Alaska. That's what I was wondering about, because she's Australian, and she's also, she plays a lot of, uh, she's in, in a lot of, like, British television. Yeah. And, but I, I, I've seen her, like, play, like, Americans before. I've seen her play British characters before. Her accent work usually pretty, like, spot on. And with this, I was like, there's, like, a bit of an accent, but I can't place it. I think she's trying, I think she's doing her approximation of Alaskan. And Josh, honestly, could have leaned more into just his native Minnesotan cadence, because yeah, I think that, so. that, that I would love region, to see that. <laughs> that I would to hear that. I feel it like both of them, like that. it swung slightly into Southern every now and then. But that also could just be me maybe mistaking um, what are some sort of Native Alaskan cadences that I don't even know about since I don't know what the accent's supposed to be up there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Who I don't knows? think it's deep Southern. But yeah, yeah so, so, so the idea is at the beginning of this movie, uh, they're, the town is preparing for... The beginning of their 30 days of night. Yes. And so, and she, so he's the sheriff. She is like a sort of like fire, like a, like safety person. Fire marshal. Yeah. Fire marshal, I think. And the thing is, she's actually like not living in the town. She's supposed to leave. She's right. like doing this like final like checkup on, on some things. She's and then, very eager to leave. They seem to have freshly split. Yeah. I, you don't really get a sense of when, but it seems recent. They don't say, I don't think. No. Right, but but so in she, the movie. she's getting out of there. And, mm-hmm. and anyway, there's like an accident and she ends up missing it's a pr- her flight. <laughs> that accident is pretty extreme. Really extreme. Like a huge thresher machine, like snow, like saw thing. Like, like the, br- the brakes are, aren't working. Impales her car and she almost gets sawed in, alive. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the, like, the kid that's driving it is like, oh, are you all right? There's still a... <laughs> like he's Sorry. so not as apologetic as he should be because he, she could have been dead. 
Just like, and she's also like, oh, yes, uh, it's all right. I just got to get to the dang airport. <laughs> right. It's like, you just, all right. You always got your head cut in half, lady. This is how you people are reacting. It's, it's pretty intense. Okay, and, and Josh is doing his, <laughs> his, he's like going around town. The, the, like a bunch of issues seem to be popping up. Yeah. Like at various places, like, like at the, the sort of like, what was like the factory or like, tr- it's like trash. Oh, something compacting. got stuck in the, and, and shorted the like yeah the grinder thing th- th- there's like th- this weird like grinding factory. i don't know what, what it is. is that place <laughs> it's a grinding factory it's yeah so you it's make just, all the italian uh, ice that you the, have up there the, <laughs> you, grind, you grind the bigger ice blocks and then you put the syrup on the important it. thing is no as soon as you see in the first 10 minutes that there's this, this place with this big sort of like these like grinding metal teeth you're like that will come back yeah, later it's, on it's really obvious because yeah, really really someone's gonna broken. die in that and they, uh, but they then, cut but, a close up. They're like, look at all these grinding things, right? Look at all these but then there's teeth. there's like a, there, there's a couple that own a bunch of dogs, and their dogs all get stabbed to death, and it's just like <laughs> things weird. Keep, things keep happening, and and Josh <laughs> is like going around, sort of like taking care of all these things. You getting an argument with somebody or something? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh damn, they're they're all stabbed to death, huh? Would you have a dispute? <laughs> Guys, can I read a review that, yeah. that, that was recently posted uh, sure did. about our show on, on iTunes? <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> yeah, this, I hope you this, fucking this, die. this is a review that was posted a few days ago uh, by the account called Just Josh and Yeah. There, it's a it's a five star review. The, the, the that's he- what we thought. The header is great hosts, great podcast. Here's the review. Matt and Jake joking and laughing uncontrollably reminds me of Hank and Dean Venture, with Patrick always there to bring it back with, guys, come on. I'm not sure if that dynamic was planned or just happened, but in any case, it works. Keep up the great show, and I can't wait to see what's in store for the next year. Excuse me. Uh, what, what was the person's name? Smash Mouth? Just... <laughs> You just said two words, not at all, in his name. <laughs> was it Smash something? Was it Smash Mouth? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the band Smash Mouth commented. I just like, left, a, left, left a review. We can't get enough of you, Jakey. You know it's true. Uh, just Sorry. so you guys know, we were talking about <laughs> Smash Mouth and that song specifically <laughs> before we recorded this episode. Yeah, just to give Hank a Deke Venture, like Deke Venture, just like, Matt, why are you talking right now? Are you mad, buddy? Cause you snapped at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, doesn't one of them really love the band Yes and plays yeah. Tales from Topographic Oceans? Or no, I think that's uh, Brock. Brock plays it to the Venture Brothers. Ah, we don't need. I to think talk they about like this. Yes. Anyways, we, me and Matt, both love Yes. Yeah, and Matt's always staring off into space, going, "I am the bat. <laughs> I am the bat. I am vengeance. <laughs> I am the knight." Keep cutting my tongue on the slot. <laughs> <laughs> guys, Venture Brothers, funny show. Yeah. Hey, you guys heard of this, Venture Brothers? Yeah. Uh, so the dogs are all murdered. <laughs> well, and, uh, I, I will say, th- this is, uh, the movie I think like half accomplishes it, but this is the part where you should really use Josh and, and him like uh, taking these calls to introduce the whole town and get to know the dynamics yeah. of all the people there. And I think it, 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 it goes, it doesn't go as far with that as it should, because at, I still feel like there are a lot of key members of the town that you don't get to know very well, but this is it. And then I, they're just dead, yeah. Right, but this is the point where you really need to, you can introduce, like, just like, like the dynamics of the town, who the various people are, how they relate to each other, the places where, the, you know, they'll, like, hang out and stuff like that. And you get a bit of that. A, a bit of that. There's the diner, yeah. and... Um, but I, I, th- I think a key thing also that's missing here is this should also be establishing the geography of the town. Oh, yes. right. That's a great point. And that is, to me, a thing that the movie is 
is missing throughout it. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand the geography of this town. Yeah. And it's a pretty small town. I don't think it would be that hard to establish it just in terms of, like, where the various, like, key locations are in relation to each other because the town seems to be, like, two streets. Yeah. And that should be being communicated here. It's and- funny you mentioned that. I was just thinking we watched The Black Dahlia, and obviously we didn't like that movie that much, but I was right. like, this movie could use a touch of De Palma's technique because as far as directors go yep. who's adept at showing you the space in which he will maneuver a very convoluted scene involving many characters he's so well tuned to just show you exactly you to know where everything is where everyone is in relation to each other yeah. so he can draw out the suspense and i thought oh, that yeah. throughout this movie that is is a thing that i think is continually lacking in like all the sort of like horror and like a vampire attack yeah. uh, like an action sequences i think the geography is an issue throughout all of them, but I just think establishing the town geography would help so much. And a yeah. thing that I'm... Because it's 152 people. Right, it's very small. I do, I it's will It's like agree. a manageable amount. And a thing that I keep... That I thought of while watching this movie, and I'm going to probably bring up multiple times in this episode, is the book Salem's Lot. Mm. Have you guys read it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Stephen King book. Good book. Uh, and that is... Vampires. It's, yeah, it's a book about a small town being taken over by vampires. Yep. A lot of similarities. And Rented Salem's Lot is a book. It can really take its time. I mean, it's long. Not, eh, it's like 300 pages. It's like a, for Stephen King, it's short. Yeah, right, it's but true. in comparison, you're right, for Stephen King, it's very short. But yeah. in comparison to a comic, I guess. Right, yeah. but, but so, but the, Salem's Lot, remember, it takes, there's this whole section where it, it takes like one morning and takes you through the morning of, like, every person in the town. Mm-hmm. It introduces you to everyone in the community, what their relationship is to one another, how they get along with one another, like, all the different, like, locations in the town. Yep. You get to know the whole thing before the horror arrives. And I think that while, obviously, they had less time to do it because it's a two-hour movie, the this really should have dedicated the time to that because... Like if you get every, if you make sure the audience knows who everyone is and where everyone is, and and just like the yeah, just all if we understand all of that, we'll care more, and we'll understand everything else more, and we'll just be more scared. Which which would be yeah. which I would agree and say like if you had that extra fifteen pages encroaching in on yeah a lot of kind of like really baggy, somewhat needless moments of running around in snow at the end, <laughs> then you could do double duty because the sheriff needs to check on everybody during yep. this like preparation time for the month-long darkness to make sure everyone's provisioned or whatever. He has to drive through the entire town, presumably, yeah. and like double-check. So you get both you know, the entire layout through his make, him making his rounds, and he meets every person in the town and just sort of like has a little back and forth with them or whatever. Yeah, so you get it all done... And it's the kind of thing where I'm, uh, you could easily establish things like, you know, just some more of Eben's history, his, some, a bit of his backstory. I'm sure he has, you know, various connections his to people. His friend, right? Like, the guy at the beginning that he's driving around with? Yeah. Where it's such a big deal that there's this horrible thing that happens with it, that he does? Like, but like, oh, I'm supposed to feel the gut punch and like, because they're 
because of a conversation they had for like a second in a car. Like, right. But it, it alluded to this weird sense of like they've known each other for years and he's betrayed him and as that a guy human just being. disappears. And then he just straight up just gets chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that rocked. That, <laughs> was, that fucking rocked. That's my favorite part. It's of the movie. best. It's the best bit of violence in the whole thing. Yeah. And, but so also that first hit, fuck. Oh, yeah, real, really, really good. And and I will say that one of the things I like the most about this movie, and I'm excited to talk about this part. Mm. So early on, the first like 20 minutes or so, as like the, the the last sunlight is going away, and so you've got like the, these visuals where you've got this whole like you know just snow covered Alaskan like. Well, not wilderness, but just like the snow Wastes. stretches out forever. Yeah, and and you've got the, this sense of like this dark sky encroaching, and the color palette is so nice. And oh, yeah. and and it's like, yeah, and, while and, the sun's out, obviously. Yeah, and yeah. It, it looks great, and and they like desaturate just the right things, and this movie is shot by my boy, <laughs> cinematographer, my boy Joe. Willems, the only person in the film industry named Willems. Right. No relation. No relation. <laughs> but no I, relation. I always root for Joe Willems, and Joe Willems has, uh, he's been, he works with two main directors. He works with David Slade, who directed this. He, sh- he shot Hard Candy, his first film. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and David Slade, we got to talk about him. Uh, mm-hmm. He's mostly been, become a TV director. Uh, he's, He's become, like, he, he directed the pilot uh, and several episodes for Hannibal. He directed the pilot for American Gods. I think, like, right. the first three episodes. And Joe Willems shot his episodes of American Gods. And that's a really close collaboration. And I think Joe Willems does really good work on his stuff. And his other main collaboration is with Francis Lawrence. Uh, so he, he shot the last, the, the last three Hunger Games movies. Uh, and then he shot Red Sparrow this year. Cool. And, uh, and just, and, and basically Joe Willems, I think, does consistently good work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just, these are the two main directors that he works with. And uh, this is one of his earlier films that he shot. And Maybe one day you'll always... find out Joe Willems is related to the Willems Maybe family. he's your dad. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> what a twist that would be. <laughs> Joe Willems, come on the show. Tell me if we're related. Hey, yeah. my father. What is that line? <laughs> That's a Miami oh connection. My Miami. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> See <laughs> uh, um, Miami Connection. Um, great film, but yeah, I just wanted to say this is. It, it, as, but I do have issues with some of the 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 staging of of various scenes. But I think in terms of just like the lighting and the color palette of this movie, oh, it's a it's, really good looking movie. It's great. Well, yeah. they had to do the sort of. It's almost like the Fargo TV show first at season one, where like the, the whiteouts and the snow play like a big. Yeah, a big role in, in in sort of just erasing the note, like the boundaries of things, and, and right. making everything kind of like unclear. But I did, I had the like the feeling of like, so they're just you know, this town. I we know it's small because you get a couple of big shots like of the town in full. Yeah, and it's just like this little like pfft, smattering. I think the of wide buildings. shots in particular. I, I, one of my issues with the movie is I think it over relies on close ups. Yeah, uh, and and I think when it does pull back for the wide shots, it looks incredible, and you do get a real atmosphere from it. Yeah, and uh, uh, and and your favorite sort of big like helicopter shot of like sort of like the the like during the attack. It that is we're now cool, and the, the sound cuts out completely. It also yeah. it, it reminds me a lot of of a moment in my favorite Zack Snyder film, 
300? 300? Dawn of the Dead. Oh. <laughs> Dawn of the, oh, the remake? The, yeah. Oh. His first film. Yeah. I think it's his best movie. Yeah. Uh, it is but, pretty good. But, oh, with the car? Yeah. And yeah. Dawn of the Dead, it and has that, that great opening sequence where like... You also know, a zombie baby. Yeah. We're, we're zombie baby. Good scene. <laughs> I'm gonna bite you. You now want to? But I zombie mama. Thank you, mommy. <laughs> Come on, guys. Sorry. I'm chewing out your belly tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. That's really good. I made it bad, but you made it good. Content. Yeah. But but uh, Dawn of the Dead has that. It has the great opening <laughs> sequence where like Sarah Polly is like. <laughs> Uh, like her daughter like becomes a zombie and then like attacks her and she yeah. she gets in her car yeah. and just like books out and there's that big helicopter shot that pulls up from the car until you see this big just uh, bird's eye view of everything around it's just like you see the world descending into chaos so right. rapidly and it, it reminded me of that and that movie came out I think like uh, no three years before this one but anyway we're skipping ahead because you know darkness is encroaching the 30 days of night are just about upon us and a stranger and a stranger a drifter comes into okay. the town. So guys, so Ben Foster is in this movie, and yeah. just like, just uh, you know, if you had to guess, what kind of character does Ben Foster play? <laughs> uh, what, what would you think? What would be your first assumption? Well, a character's evilness is is has a direct relation to the brownness of their teeth. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not even saying this guy. Just like if you hear Ben Foster is in a movie, oh, who he, do you think he's gonna play? He's the psycho. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. the slime ball. Yeah. Ben Foster is is gonna you know have his performance like turned up to eleven, and he's gonna become he's gonna be the the unhinged weirdo. Yeah, he he's he really relishes this role. He, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I thought it, he was a vampire at, at first. Yeah, because he's yeah. ordering raw meat and shit, and I'm like, is he a vampire? No, he's a vampire wannabe. But he's just some poser. Dude. Yeah, he's like a huge. Was poser. he the guy that in the? He's a vamp poser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you hear that? Copyright Patrick Williams. Well, he's he's he is this movie's pathetic version of Renfield. Renfield, the pathetic character. Good old Renfield. Yeah. Uh, the man in prison who just is weirdly in love with vampires and becoming one. I will say Ben Foster should have eaten more bugs. Yeah, yeah. that would have been cooler. But is he the Could guy that's walking from the whatever that weird like boat is yeah. at the beginning? Yeah. Because obviously the vampires, they're coming in on this big barge, right? Right. They also, like, the assumption. That's like the opening of, of the movie. It's like yeah. kind of at sunset with like yeah. in the the arctic waters this big like ship yeah. and this guy on a hill watching it's a great it opening it, it, oh it's, it's an amazing it's, opening it looks really good yeah and so they've clearly sent ben foster as their human puppet scout to go into barrow and right they've plucked burn him all somewhere. the satellite phones kill the dogs cut off main lines of communication to basically prep the town so that when the vampires decide to show up on the start of the third they have no of means night, of escape or or defense yeah. or any sort of like he's like the prep cook and yeah. they're the chefs. he is yeah they're the sh- <laughs> with with a promise of uh you know immortality by being yeah. altered into a vampire. Yeah. Which, a la Renfield. And, and that's and, and Or no, uh, Renfield wants to just die, doesn't he? Uh I thought he wants to be a vamp. I think it might also like depend ben. on which version of Dracula yeah, that's like true. eight trillion. I think in the I think in the actual I think in Bram Stoker mm. we're talking source material. <laughs> do you do you mean Bram Stoker's Dracula, the nineteen ninety two Franz Ford uh, Franz Ford Coppola movie? Of course, with De Niro? No, no, that's Frankenstein. No, no, no. Keanu. Wait, Frankenstein. Isn't isn't he in De Niro and a Frankenstein? Yeah. The, the, okay. Sorry. The, there was this bizarre period in the nineties. <laughs> he was when, a Frankenstein. When right? Universal was like, "Hey, what if we made 
new versions of all, like the classic monsters, but for adults. And so they made Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Coppola one, and uh, where Gary Oldman was was right. uh, Dracula. Uh, Anthony Hopkins was Van Helsing. I remember. And Uma and, Thurman's and, in it. Uh, yes. No. 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 Winona Ryder's in it. Shit. She's really she's fucking up. Harker. Uma, Uma Thurman's in Dangerously is on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so, we'll but anyway, that did well. And they're like, great, let's do more of these. Kenneth Branagh, direct Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that you also act in. And De Niro plays the monster. Yeah. Did not do as well. Then they hey, said. I'm a freaking Frankenstein. Then they said, let's do like a looser adaptation. <laughs> to me? I'm a fucking and, uh, Frankenstein. And we'll make Wolf. <laughs> Guys, remember Wolf, the Mike Nichols werewolf movie no. with Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer? Yep, oh, I do. What? It's really funny. I've never seen Damn, it. Damn, they got some good actors to play these monsters. But, but wait, but Wolf... And I'm, I'm the Wolf Man. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, I'm the Wolf Man, and I'm a freaking Frankenstein. <laughs> okay, you're, this is the same person now. No, hold on. This is Give me a sec. No, you, so anyone else got a good Nicholson? Uh, <laughs> never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> I can't you know do that. All I can say are lines that he said in other movies. You take away, you know how you write a woman? You write the part for a man, and then you take away reason and accountability. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't do Nicholson. De Niro. That's that's our, I mean, that's bad. But, and then De Niro. De Niro just like, what line is that movie from again? Is that from Wolf? (laughs) It's from Wolf. (laughs) No, it's from, uh. Uh, uh, something's got to give or something. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Well, so because in Wolf, isn't he like like a publishing mogul or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he's like a businessman. Because it's set in modern times. Yeah, he's and a straight up businessman. I'm fucking Frankenstein over here. Eh? Capiche? Hey. <laughs> I'm fucking Frankenstein. Anyway, how did we get on this? We're weird, talking about adult famous horror, adult like, monsters. Yeah, but but how did sort of um we we bring up like. We're talking about oh, Renfield's oh, oh, Ren- character. Renfield yeah. and Dracula. Yeah, and Dracula. Oh, I just think like in, in, in the... I, someone can, anyone can correct us, you know, in the pe- future. That's, uh, what, that's what our Twitter account is for. You want to plug it? Uh, guys, I, we assume that you follow us on Twitter, at heartheartnet. Also send us emails, heartheartnet at gmail.com. Yes. What if, you know, um, he, he, Renfield was like this pathetic character who was also weirdly being kept alive as like a source of food for Dracula... While he's waiting to sort of flourish right. somewhere else, Ooh, and, he, like, and he wants to die. Wait, wait like he's suicidal. Is, isn't this? Is it there like familiar? Is that the? Well, yeah. Well, because like, like that, yeah. You, you know, in uh, what we do in the shadows, right? Uh, uh, the one <laughs> dude uh, just has that has that woman who like brings him groceries. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, when are you gonna turn me into a vampire? Yeah. And he's like, soon, soon. I could soon. be getting that wrong, but I don't think Renfield wants to be a vampire. At least in the in the original. In this movie, he does though. As yeah. a stranger, Ben Foster is yeah. clearly like. This, I don't know, insane homeless man that they brought from, I don't know, probably Seattle. <laughs> He's like <laughs> up yeah. into the Alaskan wilderness, yeah. and uh, they're like, "You do this, make you a vampire." And th- this being is like a vampire I- seems so fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I they're always in pain and hungry. That's what yeah. he says. <laughs> yeah, I sucks. I really enjoy just like vampire lore. And stuff like that, and this is yeah. one of the aspects. That the, the the human who sort of becomes their servant, who's like, 
who has no good reason to, but is just so into what they're doing, yeah, right. and uh, and just goes along with it, is is one of my favorite little aspects of vampire lore. Yeah, and so I I really dug that part. But of this Ben movie. Foster just chews up the scenery, brown teeth, brown teeth, oh, so brown, just constantly, knowingly smiling and laughing and saying, "You got no idea what's coming." Yeah, and then licking Drool his big teeth, out. froth, just insane froth. Also, on Josh <laughs> shoots him in the arm early on. Right. This is an indication yeah. that Josh is. Not chill. <laughs> He's I mean, trigger happy. Well, the, the, this is, I, I think, isn't this the part where he so finds the, the, the head they, of the guy? Well, the, they arrest him at the diner. They put him in jail. And, and he's there in jail with, with Josh's 15-year-old brother and their grandmother Grandma. who has cancer. Right. Who, like, works the police station. Yes. And there's no one else there. Yeah. And then Josh goes off and finds a guy's head, like, on a stick. Right. They and killed then, the main guy who was, like, working the comms or something, so they couldn't. And, and then destroyed all of the like radio, radio. and then and, and then he comes back to the station and thinks this guy has done that. Right. And that's when he's like, nah. But but also he gets back. I have. And then the guy has like, has managed to get Josh's brother to come up to the bars and like has his hand around his neck, <laughs> his dirty hands. Yeah. yeah. And Josh has good aim. And he manages to shoot him. Yeah. Pretty and, a risky move. Yeah. You know. But yeah. Um. And then he chains Ben Foster to the bars of the jail. And at beats this, him up a little bit. Yeah, beats him up a little bit. And at this point, things are starting to like kick off. I think, right? Yeah. Also, uh, I this is going to be really lame because I should have had this like from memory because I wanted to say it like a few minutes ago <laughs> right. when you were talking about the idea of being a vampire. I really wanted to quote the tagline for the movie The Lost Boys. Okay. Which is sleep all day, party all night, never grow old, never die. It's fun to be a vampire. <laughs> yeah. I like That's cool. I like the lore of vampires being There are there's like the party vampire trope, like Blade and stuff where you get to be kind of They go to Blood Raves? Yeah, you just get to be like <laughs> you Guys, you know what this movie needed more of? Blood Raves. I mean, also, oh also you know what it needed Blade. <laughs> <laughs> they could have used oh. Blade up there. It's the like thing a is, Deus Ex Machina oh, at the end of the movie. How Blade good would up? that be if Blade shows up and kills everybody? He's just like some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill, and he just slides. No, 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 just, no, no, no. And it's they winter. are ice skating. Blade ice skates uphill. Literally, he takes his sword blades and he puts them on his shoes, <laughs> and then he ice skates. <laughs> Huge ice skates. No, and he he ice skates like across the like ar- frozen ar- Arctic <laughs> Ocean, and then arrives in the town and just decapitates all the vampires. Oh my god, what a movie that would and be! And then Josh just high fives them. Yeah, and then he takes Josh to a, on a blood rave with him. Exactly. Well, they need a no, they're no, having no, no, a blood Blade, rave. Blade in their breaks fashion. up the the blood raves. Blade doesn't go to does, Blade doesn't attend blood raves. Oh, sorry. He wouldn't go to a blood rave. Also, though. also, just uh, before we move on, make more Blade movies. Make America Blade again. <laughs> uh, we need Wesley Snipes <laughs> to come back and reprise his greatest role. Marvel finance a Blade movie. Put Blade in the MCU. We need it. Pay yeah. his back taxes we, or something. I yeah, don't know. yeah, exactly. Whatever it is. We don't even care that he's a little older now because come on, how badass would it be to see like an older grizzled Blade? Fucking old Blade. Yeah. Like, also, Wesley Snipes still looks. He looks good. Fucking give him an eye patch and like oh, yeah. Give him an eye patch. Ah, uh, just I I I. You like know what? Like what if, a, what like if a, every vampire movie just ended with Blade arriving? Just everyone let the right like one in. Blade arrives. Blade shows well, up and slices uh, Robert Pattinson's face off. There's just there's been. So, I'm just curious about what you guys like about vampire. Like what particular brand of vampire you like? Because this went more in the Blade Two kind of route. Where the vampires are more like animals or something, but the, it, it retains what I also really like, which is the old sort of continental European backstory, which is especially more fleshed out 
in uh, in the comics because I think they're largely Italian. I think the guy played by what's his name again? Danny the, Houston. The main that's Danny the leader. Houston. Danny Houston. Yeah, he played, he's Marlowe. Right. In yeah. the books, I think his name is Vincente. No, 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 no. No. Clarify for me. Okay. Uh, the movie sticks very closely to the comic. Okay. The the biggest change probably is that uh, Eben and Stella are just still married. In they're not estranged in the comic. Honestly, um, probably would have made more sense if they yeah if yeah. that was just what was happening at the beginning too. Yeah, honestly, like <laughs> that would could have saved time on that. And yeah, could have cut out her better. getting crashed into by a thresher and just had them be together and maybe right. have some strings. Especially because they don't give them a whole lot of characterization where they like talk about the relationship. Yeah. And so it, it, the more I think about it, yeah. Yeah, and so that's kind of unnecessary. But the other major change was that the idea that that there is the, there are the like vampire elders and right. who who care about the vampires maintaining their secrecy. And yeah, this one guy like the like Vin, Vin, Vincente, Vincente, um, he comes down to try to stop Marlowe from taking over this town to be like, hey, no, we're supposed to be secretive. If you just take like d- destroy a whole town, that's right. gonna like ruin our our you know people that people will find out about that. Yeah. So so Marlowe is still there, but the vampire elder does come to try to stop them. Does okay. Marlo fuck him up in the comic? I'm not sure. I, I, I'm Shut not sure. up. No. I think what ends up happening is like, you know, Josh Hartnett, the, the big showdown is between Hartnett and, or whatever, Marlo. Eben, Eben and, and Vincente, and not Eben and Marlo. Interesting. But there's like, there's the, the, the I, I just, there's more. Yeah, no, that's it. Uh, because as we, we've briefly mentioned, Josh injects himself with vampire blood at the end so he, that he can fight them. And yeah, he does fight, uh, oh, it, it, it's Vicente, or is it Vicente? It's oh, not, right. not it's Italian. Italian. Yeah, uh, there, are t- there are a bunch of Italian vampires. It's like a, it's kind of like a, he fights the the elder guy. Yeah, it's kind of like a. I mean, they do that in Twilight, even right? Isn't there like the, the vampire bit the like main core vampire council a bunch of European dudes? Yeah, it, it isn't like Michael Sheen one of them. <laughs> yeah, I never saw. I didn't see any of the, except the first one. It's the same, I've, but I've, I've just seen like clips and stuff like that. But uh, actually, this is a, a thing that you just brought it up, and I, I wanted to talk about it anyway. That vampire lore is, is is so sprawling. There's so many different like versions of it. There's so many vampire movies that interpret them in radically different ways. And I feel like everyone has their kind of just their oh, right. preferred yeah. versions of it. And like you guys, what uh, what's your kind of like ideal take on vampires? Uh, that's actually a really good question. I've never thought about that. You don't have a knee jerk. I, I, I don't have an answer. I thought right about off this a lot. Top of my head. Um, yeah, I think I prefer more of the old style European, like Nosferatu. I want like the big giant gangly pale white dude hailing from Europe on like a ship ridden with plague infested rats. But Nosferatu is like, he's scarier than, than like Anne Rice interpretations, you know, like beautiful people. Yeah. I think I used to, I guess I like my vampires looking a little more like monsters. Yeah. Looking like spooky. Okay. Uh, Matt, you? I like, yeah, ooky spooky vampires. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I like, I kind of like, I would tone it down a little bit more than they have it here. Or, you know what I like is actually um, more what they did <laughs> in, uh, what is it? Uh, sorry, like We Are in the Shadows or? What oh, We Do in the Shadows? What We Do in the Shadows. I like the notion, kind of almost like Beast and X-Men or something, where like, as time progresses... They kind of it's isn't that the same lore in uh, the Legacy of Kane video games? As oh, time man. progresses, they remember. become less and less human looking. 
So right. like that du- young vampires sort of do sort of get the boon of immortality and, and retaining their youthful energy, but as they looking like the humans they once were, as they age into the you know hundreds and then thousands of years, like they're they're warped and they look more and more like monsters and less able to like mix with people at all. Right. Yeah. So I like I like it both because I like the I like the they're wearing fancy clothes and they're cultivated and they you know they've uh, you know they've they've lived through civilizations rising and collapsing and they're worldly in this weird way but they're also in and kind of animals and entirely inhuman because their perspective is so long in terms of time that they they can't even relate to people anymore yeah right that's why I liked what's his face I keep forgetting his name the head vampire is kind of like empty stare the yeah, whole time. Danny, Danny Houston. Danny Houston's sort of like slack-jawed, empty stare with the black eyes mm-hmm. really um, really is like an ideal vampire look for me because they're not looking at you like anything other than like food and some sort of pathetic thing, you know? Yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Danny Houston's great. By the way, son of famous American filmmaker John Houston yep. and oh. brother to Angelica. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Danny Houston's good, in so many movies. from a good family. But the thing, what I always think of it like my yeah. go-to moment from danny houston's career is uh he's in that one scene in children of men oh yeah when michael goes and visits him he's like he's like his he's rich friend rich there, there's like the the, the oh, pig balloon out the yeah. window and quarter, like, the, quarter the yeah. yeah yeah and there's a the part where clive Owen is just like how do you do it how do you just like yeah. just like 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 just go on like everything is normal and he goes I just don't think about it. <laughs> it's such a good line. That's, isn't that like his last line too yeah. when they're having their conversation? And, uh, I just don't I think, think it, about it. I, I, yeah, he's, he's in a lot of movies, and I, I, but that's the one that I always go to. But when it comes to vampire stuff, I mean, I, I like all sorts of, of vampire movies. Like, you know, I love Blade. I really love Blade 2. Uh, and, and that... And Blade Two, it's funny, kind of combines like different. It has like yeah. sort of there's you a know, new strain. The, the, the modern like uh, I mean, it's got like the modern edgy vampires in like their their clubs and stuff like yeah. that. Then it has the mutated like like super vampires with the, that uh, that feed on other vampires and are and are more animalistic. But then it also has the ancient old world vampires mm-hmm. with their like old with their robes and like old like yeah. texts yeah. that they read. And my favorite stuff like. You guys have touched upon that. Is I love the when it comes to vampire things, I, I always just love that idea that they they began in Eastern Europe a really long time ago and kind of selectively spread out from there. And there is that this like really, and I like it when they're old. Like like Salem's Lot does kind of nail exactly like my preferred mm. take on vampires. I, I love the idea of. You know, they they are brought over by their sort of like almost like willing human servants from the old world into our world, just uh, to sort of not like to take over the world or anything, but just as as a kind of as a way of, of like surviving and like and a really like like over exaggerated way of just like going to the fridge for a snack. Exactly. Like, well, they have immort. Well, I like that they have immortality to think about. So who they choose to bring into the turn, as they say, versus uh, right. just and, kill for food. But is, the, there's also that, like, that is interesting, there's yeah. the element of class to them because they're right. very cultured, uh, they're very old, they're, it's like they're, they're sort of like yeah. above the rest of us. They but, bring bourgeois, like, European tendencies into, like, contemporary America, and then there's, like, I like rifts where it's, like, young vampires. Right. Yeah. That, I got <laughs> They're like, bitch, I'm listening to Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super sexy. Yeah, and I'm right. hot. 
and I mean that's like the 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 Deacon Frost thing in, <laughs> in the first Blade. But like I um I don't know if you guys have ever watched uh or, or even read the books, The Strain, the like Guillermo the, del Toro, the del Toro thing. No, yeah, and um I've watched like maybe like the first couple seasons of the show. I even got a signed copy of the second book, and I didn't read any of them. I've actually read like the first two, and I think yeah. it was because I I went to a del Toro talk, yeah. and uh, when he was promoting the book, but the beginning of I think the second season of the show because that's a similar premise to Salem's Lot. Uh, but on, like, a bigger scale where these people, they bring this, like, you know, this package, this, like, ancient box into Manhattan, and it does happen <laughs> to, like... What's in the box? <laughs> well, what's in the box? It is, like, the the vampire master who is, like, hundreds <laughs> of years old, and... Uh, but but there's the, the second season begins with this like whole flashback to like the origin of the vampire master when he was like just this guy who lived in in this town in like I don't know like the 1600s or whatever in like mm-hmm. a small like Eastern European village and he like encountered this ancient vampire in like a cave or whatever and it's just, and it's very much this like these like there's this yeah. old world like lore and legends to yeah. it and like I love the castles. I, I mean, it's like that's like the fun of of Dracula and stuff like that. I really love that idea of like these ancient like upper class people, just sort of you know continuing on and 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 feeding on 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 the lower people. Can I and, just I just want to rattle off yeah a, a couple other movies that are really great. There is uh, Night Flyer, which is Ooh. a Stephen King adaptation of a short story about an about a vampire pilot that flies into these like small airfields in these in these communities and just like eats everybody yeah that's great and that vampire design anyone just google image search like Stephen king's night flyer and just you'll see the vampire so fucking cool <laughs> uh i think it's last uh last lovers left alive the only lovers left only alive. lovers left alive only lovers I left alive embarrassingly still have not seen it that's like a really great that's totally different that's like a jim jarmusch uh like hipster interpretation of vampires they're just kind of like Old and apathetic, and I mean, it's also like the best casting in the world. It's like, but who's yeah. gonna play modern hip old vampires? Yeah. Oh, Tilda Swinton and Tilda, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I love that thing. That's great. And it has a, there's one where it's roaring and it looks really crazy. And oh. then, um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm looking up Night Flyer. That's that, so that, good. That's a great yeah, design. We're looking up the Night Flyer vamp. He's got like one big tooth. He looks kind of like a big rat. Yeah, he, he does. Ah, that's, um, oh, that's great. That's nasty. But he's got the k- classic cape. Like yeah, collar thing. Yo, Matt, everybody, Google this guy. Yeah, Matt, what was the last one you were gonna mention? Uh, I kind of sandblasted out of my head. Sorry. Oh, well, I mean, my favorite vampire movie is still probably just Let the Right One In. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I just hundred percent. And yeah, sure. as much as that is like a very small scale thing, it's just about no, it's this so good. One kid vampire, but I, I just I love everything. The notion about of immortality it. is more interesting in that one because it's a child too. Right. Like they kind of do it in. Uh, whatever the Anne Rice adaptation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Interview with a Vampire? Interview with a Vampire, because who plays the little girl? Kirsten Dunst. Yes, little Kirsten Dunst as a vampire is all pissed off. Yeah. Because she's old as hell, but she's a I child. haven't watched that in years, but I just thought that it was on Netflix, and I was like, maybe I should revisit that. Yeah. I, I, feel, I mean, TC is a vampire. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like hands down, let, let the right one in, though, for me, too. Yeah, that's that the, might be my favorite one. That might be my favorite. You know what I really want to see? Have either of you guys ever seen Ganja and Hess? I really want to watch Ganja and Hess. No, it's, no. An, it's another vampire film, but it sort of fell into the '70s black exploitation. I was reading about that today because I, I was I was thinking after I finished this movie, I was just googling like best vampire movies, and I was like, yeah. I, ha- I even have open on my computer right here. Uh, 
on pastemagazine.com, their list of the 100 best vampire movies. And I was like, I've got to add some of these to my list mm-hmm. because I'm just, as much as I say, I like, I like vampire stuff, I'm not super well-versed. Like, I still haven't seen uh, Near Dark. And I love oh. Catherine Bigelow. Have you seen yeah. the Have you seen Hunger? No, I haven't seen the Hunger either. Hunger's good. Hunger's saw, another one. That's the one I was trying to think of. It, well, it's also it's impossible to get a hold of. It's not available to stream or rent I anywhere. I thought it was a Criterion movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't. These, guys, vam- guys, these vampires we also. Should, sorry, we don't, we should get back. to yeah, the yeah. movie. We are off topic, and it, it's we're like a, an hour and a half into the episode. Okay, anyway, these vampires also. They are the the their feeding habits are extremely violent and and like they like kind of tear your throat out and just sort of convulse on your neck. I mean, can I just instead say of say something that blood. I think is is pretty key to like describing this movie? Hmm. This is basically vampires as a zombie movie. Yeah, they're like they're like it's the like twenty eight days, days later. Yeah, they're like the twenty eight days later vampires. Yeah, I, I mean, or zombies. I, right? I mean, but the way this goes is. Like the rules of a zombie movie apply to the. It's like the structure of a zombie movie, but with vampires. But they're scarier in a way because they're intelligent. Intelligent. They're d- volitionally doing stuff. Right. With a but purpose. they even have the same thing where someone gets like scratched or, or cut or whatever, right. and then they they turn into a vampire. Yeah. It doesn't it, matter how you get wounded uh, by it, them. It's not the kind of thing where you know to become a vampire. They oh oh what's What's, exa- what's the technical name for it where it's like they drink your blood and then you have to drink their blood and then you become a vampire. Uh, uh, like mama bird feeding baby bird kind of? Yeah, that, that's, that's the technical not, that's, term for well, it. Well, that's the scientific term. Shut up. <laughs> mama both baby bird. That's not... It, oh, I've it, had enough of both of you. Blood it, oath? Blood pact? No. It, um, oh, I, I, I should know this. I mean... and that, Resanguination. <laughs> and I no. made that up, but that's definitely... Exsanguination something. Yeah. But that... Most vampire mythology, that is how you become a vampire. Mm-hmm. It, but in this, it's like a disease. Like, yeah. it usually was with, with zombie stuff. It's like, oh, if you just ca- if you get some of their blood, if, yeah. you, if you just catch the disease, then you become one. And, and they have the thing in this movie where people kind of slowly will be, will be turning into a vampire and then have to be killed, just like a zombie movie. Which is yeah. some of the better also, yeah. Which is a great thing to add, which I haven't seen enough of. Because you don't usually get vampires killing people on this scale. Right. Like you don't get to see just a huge horde of vampires kill a big old group of people. They're usually not, like, yeah. feeding. They're usually, it's usually, like, vampires will be like, ooh, I found one person. I will, yeah. I will quietly drink their blood. And, and then I will turn into a bat. Blah! A bat. Blah! Uh, but these guys one, are just two, running around on all fours, like, like, sort of dog creatures, and then just, like, shredding people's throats. And then occasionally, like messing up or like getting distracted, and then uh, and then you have the zombie element where there's like a little girl they find in a general store who's yeah. sucking the blood out of her mom's neck, and they have to chop her head off with an axe. And I wish you actually got to see that her head get chopped off. The, the, they don't really show you the. Impact. Do they not? I mean, you They've see really it. Really good about it, but not not to the degree that is it Billy who really gets oh my his head God. removed later on. But so guys, we should move through the story to this, but. There yeah. isn't a ton of story to go through. Well, yeah, there's I mean, Evan like, and his estranged ex-wife. Well, the Stella. vampires show up and kind of ruin everything, and right away, uh, Evan mean, kind of gathers with the people in the diner, and they kind of relocate. And throughout the movie, they kind of bounce around to like, oh, an attic, and just different right. places. And the they movie just ca- jumps too, because the vampires kill about right like ninety percent of the town. Well, they cut the power. They yeah. Evan finds the guy's head on a pike. 
he's like, oh, fuck, this is, like, way more serious than I expected, especially because Ben Foster has been cackling about this gang of mysterious figures that are going to kill them all. Mm-hmm. So he's now he's finally, like, shook. So he goes to the bar. He's like, everyone, just get your weapons and get in the house. Like, something's happening. We don't know what it is. Yeah. And then the people that own the dogs are, like, I think the first people you see go. The right. wife gets sucked, gets pulled out of a window, which is kind of funny, and sucked under the house, which I thought was really scary. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then that guy is just under there, and his fucking like hand gets ripped off or something. Oh like, yeah, it's so nasty. There's some really decent gore in this. There is. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, can I say like, can I just say what my biggest issue with this whole movie is? Please. I think it's really rushed. As yeah. in, I think the story is is rushed. Like the vampires, like. I was all, I was excited about like the vampires kind of like slowly descending on onto the town, and it feels like it just goes into full just vampire attack. They're just they're just there and just destroying things like right away, like mm-hmm. super super quickly. And then throughout the movie, you know, it'll it'll jump ahead to like day seven, day eighteen. Yeah, they really do and some big time jumps. They there. Like- they do, but for me, it never really feels like it's seven days later. It feels like it's the next day. Or even like the next hour. Yeah, it feels <laughs> so quick. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. it was all one night, I'm pretty well, sure. Also, you were saying about the geography. They're like sitting in places. I'm like, this town has 12 houses in it. Like they've, it's, it's like day seven and then we cut to like day 18 and they're still in like the attic of some house and I'm like, right. the vampires... Just check house by house. I know. And find them in two seconds. It was making me laugh, actually, thinking about it, because I was like, okay, the vampires do the initial slaughter of most of the townspeople, right? And then a bunch of people, like six or seven of them, (laughs) end up hiding in this attic for like two weeks. And I was just like, okay, the people are chilling in this attic and hungry, but like surviving. What the fuck are the vampires doing in this interim church? Because also, since there's milling about. (laughs) Since there's no daylight, they don't have to sleep. Yeah. So what are they doing? They're just walking around. Not to be the guy who's like picking out plot holes and stuff like that, but I couldn't help but notice that in most vampire mythology, vampires have to be invited inside. Yeah, sure. They don't do that here. Vampires can just go anywhere. And so... Why aren't they looking at every house? And they yeah. are too. That's the other thing. They're like they're going house by house. Like I remember some woman scaredly saying that. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh shit. Like then I was like, there's they, they can't stay anywhere. The house, the town is too small. Yeah. And they're doing. There's they're just knocking over every house. Right. But then, but so then they even say that that's what they're doing. And then two weeks go by. But the vampires are like, check every house, but don't check the attics. And there's like, no way they're going to be yeah, up there. There's no way they're hiding. Yeah, well, because there are <laughs> there are scenes where the vampires are talking, but they seem to just kind of stand out on the roofs, street in are, like are, nice suits and dresses. Yeah, but well, when, like, I, when I say the movie feels that that was very good, and the Dave Batista vampire is just annoying all of them because it's like, dude, why are you always at eleven? Yeah, and he's just like twisting his head around. They're like, but Come I was, on, man. and so when I say the movie. feels felt rushed it's not just the story and seemingly like jumping like right. seven days ahead without it feeling like that or without having a sense of much happening other than josh's facial hair growing like a millimeter <laughs> a millimeter <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he really grow a beard his month long beard was looks like your like one week beard yeah yeah i mean but so but beyond that even and this is what frustrated <laughs> me the most and this is a thing that i encounter a lot in in horror movies and I, I think I, I can pinpoint the reason for it, but almost all of the, the horror sequences, like the, when vampires are attacking or, or arrive, any sort of like suspenseful set piece, I feel is really rushed. 
like suddenly like vampires are just like they're just there and they're and, and, and they're biting and people are swinging axes and it just everything moves really frantically and really fast it's all it's edited really quickly yeah it's like it seems to be all close-ups just like rapidly edited between them and i'm just like slow down and build some fucking suspense well you're saying that you're you as you know the action breakdown guy i, I agree with you this this cr- commits super cardinal like almost like mtv editing like but I, I, frame I th- rate shifts for certain what, things yeah, yeah. Like, like they they do a bit of that so we're with like the vampires moving supernaturally fast but what i think is is part of this is that so this is david slade's second movie mm-hmm. his first movie was hard candy right uh you know small scale little movie and this is his first kind of like big like decent budget studio film right and this is a thing that like i've never made a big studio film but just in my own filmmaking work a thing that i've 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 seen myself do before is getting nervous especially if it's like a project with that's like i've i've i don't know i i've put more time and effort and money into than other things getting nervous that things are going too slowly and over editing things and just like just b- b- thinking like okay no it, it, it's got to move faster and, and it's like like doubting myself and, and right. like shooting too much coverage uh getting getting almost like too many angles editing between them too quickly and just like rushing the whole thing and not trusting myself to slow the pace down right. letting the scene breathe and i feel like that keeps happening in this movie and especially because you know we recently saw hereditary which mm-hmm. is a, a really good horror movie that also takes its time and and you know like i mean that's like almost the polar opposite yeah it, it is like i mean master class this like I'm, I'm not saying this movie does obviously just like with its, its premise and structure should not be handled quite like hereditary but if you look at that movie and you see how they'll they'll let like the audience like t- catch their breath yeah and yeah. then notice something in the background <laughs> that then is going to attack this movie never does that. In this movie, someone will just be walking, and then just boom! All of a sudden, like cut to a vampire, literally in like mid jump, jump yeah, already like on top to the of them, and then it's just like rapid cuts, and then and it doesn't take the time to build suspense to show you like where the danger is in relation to the protagonist, and let you be afraid that it's going to get there. It's the whole thing is just it, it rushes through it so quickly that you can follow what's happening, but you're never afraid of what might happen. It's just, yeah. it's just, I mean, I think the, the script is too rushed. I think the direction is too rushed. And so it doesn't get to be scary because it's just barreling through this so quickly. And that really frustrated me because I think all the pieces are there to have something really, really good. Yeah. yeah I mean, I like I, I had fun, but this went from like, this went from like what could have been, I think, an all timer kind of like classic be. fucking vampire movie to like a fun just like a fun schlocky movie like right. that's how i started to look at it towards by the time the vampires got there i was like oh it's just like dumb fun yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like the premise got it's the premise was spoiled the premise is so good and you can see the potential in it and yeah and you're like okay they did it but it's it doesn't quite hit the, the mark pacing exactly i would want you wanted it to be is like i mean this maybe is crazy not crazy but you like I'd really want, like, I, w- I just want more, like, yeah, naturalistic set piece, like, just showing the snow and the how f- removed they are from anything. Yeah. L- l- way, you know, maybe, like, 20 pages more of characterization. Yeah. Then the vampires, when they come, I want 
the disorienting burst where you get them for, you get them way later in the movie than you expect, just little hints, and then they come. They have they look like sharks. So I'm just <laughs> seeing a feeding frenzy as like the right way to go. Like they just t- shred everyone, and Josh and all the people who are going to survive are just like traumatized like, and barely managed. They to barely the managed, slaughter. and they're just completely fucking like PTSD'd, and they have a month of just by the skin of their teeth surviving, and then. It's just quiet, and there's just snow, and uh, they they try and concoct a plan, and the vampires aren't idiots, and they they actually check everywhere, so they have to keep moving and right. all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it what, becomes an outsmarting game. You're describing exactly the movie that I wanted, and I thought about this a lot, and you know what that movie is? What's that? It's The Mist. It's The Mist. It's, 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 <laughs> I, I, I do I, love I, The Mist. I, no, 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 but I thought of this. I thought of The Mist a lot while I'm watching this, because The Mist is, is about people who are pretty much like trapped... Yeah. In, a, in a relatively small space, who kind of are all they're they're thrown together, and but you actually get right. the uh, the the people pl- like bouncing off each other and, and like the conflicts arising, and then you get them having to do things to survive. And so like there's there's a scene in Thirty Days of Night where the some of the people they go to like the little like convenience store try to get some food, and then bad yeah. things happen. Right. And I I immediately thought of the scene in The Mist, the mist yeah. where they go next door to the pharmacy. And that scene in the mist is really frightening. It's great because th- they go there and they have this whole plan, and you you see them ex- figure out the plan like like they've got a rope that they're following along to like to like to know how they can get back, and so the people back in the supermarket will will know that uh you know can tell by like the slack on or like tension of the right. rope like wh- how they're doing, and then they arrive in the supermarket in, in the the pharmacy and they encounter. Even more horrifying things they didn't. I mean, that's where you, that's where the spiders that that's like the, have, yeah. have acid webs show up. And what I love about I the mist, the it, movie. yeah, I yeah. mean, what I love about the mist is that they'll introduce you to something that, that seems bad and frightening, and then it will like transform or like turn into something else that's that's even worse. Like the the mist is one of the best horror movies I've ever seen when it comes to constantly raising the stakes. Things seem bad, and then yeah. they get worse immediately. And there's a constant tension based on that. And the mist manages to have it has time pass. It it, it has like prop like good characterization for all the characters. Uh, it, it the geography is really clear. The t- the passage of time is really clear. Uh, and you and you always know what's going on. And and it's scarier because of those things. I think honestly, just look if you want to make this movie work better. Just look at how the mist handles it, and the biggest whiff is his little brother, though. Like, yeah, he's. I mean, like, just because he has to carry a big emotional scene at the very end, right. when Eben decides to turn himself into a vampire to fight the vampires to hold off, which is a pretty nifty idea. I've got to say, it's an awesome, Again, I'm so. The, it, you, you're right. I'm getting retroactively annoyed now because, like, this could have been like the thing to me like it's right. so like the ending is cool it's really bleak the violence is pretty like intense and like the final concept where he burns looking at the sunrise Sunset. again sunrise, is, yeah. is also known as the ending of blade 2 <laughs> yeah uh, but they did it first no blade no. 2 is 2002 <laughs> 2002 oh man they did it way second it, way <laughs> after. even the comic was after blade 2 oh damn <laughs> you guys stole uh yeah. is great uh, though it, it, i mean this is uh, the perfect movie for me for an example of a movie that should be remade because Ooh, hear I that? mean I think the movie is okay for me this is like a C plus movie mm. and but because the premise is so good 
that I think it deserves another shot. Yeah. At being, right. at, yeah. Because it could be great. <laughs> put Timothy Chalamet as Evan Olsen. <laughs> Just put Timothy, or, Timothee in everything. Timothee. Make sure you uh, get yeah, to and, kiss and then, somebody, and then we'll though. cover it on We Cherish Chalamet. <laughs> Better be Army Hammer. Um, yeah. yeah, we share. Hey, Chalamet. actually, I, 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 Army Hammer would play a good Marlo. I, 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 like a hot would. Marlo. Like he a, would. Mm. Ooh, like um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I was actually I was even gonna say uh, our Army Hammer as as Evan, but the thing about Army Hammer is he's so handsome that it's like I think he, um, I think it would be a little bit distracting in the way that. Josh was for me early on. It's like you are not from here. Honestly, Ben Foster could have played Evan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, God, why doesn't Ben Foster play more like heroes, or does he just not want? To? He's like that funny romantic lead in that teen movie when he was like twenty. What was that movie called? Like Alpha Dog? No, not Alpha Dog. He plays like a dude that just broke up with his girlfriend in high school. It's, it's like one of Ben Foster's first roles, and he's all baby faced and fresh. Is he the three ten to Yuma guy? Yeah. Yeah, he's All the three times. He plays that guy. mentally handicapped character in that like yeah. TV show. What was it? Uh no, I don't know. Freaks and Geeks. Is that it? Well, we'll talk about it on our Ben Foster podcast, Festering About Foster. <laughs> festering with Foster. Festering. Uh, fostering a, a life. No, uh, uh, no, damn it. Ben Foster went ben talking about uh, him. Ben one, of, uh, one of Ben Foster's first <laughs> credits is he's in the pilot of Freaks and Geeks. Right. Um okay. yeah, he plays yeah, yeah, Eli. Yeah. He plays Eli the uh the mentally disabled kid who Lindsay decides to go to the homecoming dance with. Right. That's like the first, yeah, that was like one of his first things. And Get Over It was get the over movie it. I was talking that's, about. That's Where he the plays one. Get Over Landers. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was also Angel in X-Men 3, uh, a.k.a. the really bad one. Damn. That's what a weird thing for him to be in. Yeah, too. but, but yeah. I mean, most recently, like, uh, you know, uh, Hell or High Water is like sort of the, the, the go-to, like, Ben Foster as like the unhinged guy. Yes. Yeah. So the other thing I was noticing about 30 Days of Night is a little character arc that I've seen a lot, and it is the kind of weirdly troubling notion that uh, if uh, you're having a relationship troubles, if you uh, get your, you and your significant other into a traumatic and horribly violent situation, you can scare your... <laughs> scare them back into respecting you by like saving their life a couple times and like doing things out of grim necessity <laughs> right it's just like i've seen that so often where it's like she's like i don't know why i ever left you like after she watches him like cut someone's head off she's like wow i i don't really know why i left yeah no, that <laughs> and then is they're like i want to kind of want to fuck right now and they're just like I, yeah josh hotnet josh hotnet slicing heads off over here like she yeah, was so ready to leave. She seemed so fed up with his bullshit. She straight up says, I never should have left you. Yeah. And the thing is, he cut somebody's head off. He does like horror, these horrible, yeah. But I, he's like, just whatever it takes to protect the ones I love. And she's like, oh, shit. But it's Dude, like, ovaries feel like hot soup. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> and it's one thing to have, to have this sort of like arc be being put in this life or the situation they realize that like their problems seem so small in comparison and so it's like they actually like realize they they do care about each other after what all what a weird way to now, now that like they're almost dying that. but i mean but we're all gonna die well, someday in the cosmic scheme of things i do love you right <laughs> but well there's that but then here she actually says like 
it's it's more like her arc is just learning that she never should have left him. Yeah, which is weird. I it mean, is it, weird. It's it, it, like, and he's like, yeah, see, yeah, what up? Now I'm a vampire though, so fuck. No, no, now no one can have me. Well, that's his ultimate proof yeah. that he's the best man ever. Right. But I. No but, so how much? So not yet a vampire. I mean, you guys, we, we should. There's two things we have to talk about that we haven't talked about yet. Sure. The first is the scene where Josh has to kill his uh, is it Billy, his former buddy. Yeah, and uh, they're they're at the sort of the the weird metal grinding factory well, place that the vampires didn't think to they just kind of forgot existed. This is the weird part though, is Billy's arc is very strange and choppy and needed a little bit more teasing out because he is presumably Eben's best friend. Yep, he is a yep. grizzled bearded jovial man who you just get the sense is pleasant. Yeah, and. Uh, then the vampires come, cut to, he's crying in his bedroom, and he's <laughs> killed his whole family. <laughs> uh, not because they were vampires, but because he didn't want them he to just be didn't vampires. want them to be vampires. But, and then he tried to shoot himself. And played by, by New Zealand actor Manu Bennett. Okay, yeah. yes. Uh, tried to kill himself, according to him, so he says, but the gun jammed. But we get the sense maybe he was a coward and didn't do it. Our, our, well, I mean... Uh, if, I don't know, maybe he's out of bullets. Maybe he just straight up had the end of the mist happen to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no! No! And then we're supposed to just kind of hate him from then on out. Like, well, as Josh far as I can tell, him for a little Josh bit and goes, you like, don't do that to family. You don't you hurt them. And he's yeah. like, yeah, no doy. Like, <laughs> fucking shot his family. There's, when do vampires normally come into the picture? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so then he's running around and he's just like, then suddenly we're just supposed to like be like, fuck, I hope this guy fucking dies. They also play up how annoying he is when like Josh and, uh, and, um, he's like, and don't Melissa George have to carry him yeah, to the thing. And he's just weeping. Like, yeah, he's just wanting to die. Fucking, we're all gonna die, you idiot. We have to carry you. So he follows them Ugh. into the big factory with the grinder. Yes. Uh, and he's just like, guys, <laughs> I'm scared. He's just, Help, I'm so scared. He's screaming. And so a vampire finds him and starts biting him. And then is it the Dave Batista one? It's the hammy, hammy one. And then uh, they save his ass again. Yeah. Uh, well, no, he actually. He loses his hand. They, he, they, he gets they get the They get the vampire off of him. Then. Josh starts fighting the vampire, and then he actually helps and shoves the vampire into the grinder, and it yeah. dies. But gets but his own arm stuck in the grinder. He gets his in the arm process. stuck in the grinder, and then it's good. You got like a bone sticking out of his arm. You got blood spurting, and like, he's turning uh, into a vampire. Again, it's important to note that one area that this movie does not let us down is the gore. Yeah, because they they go for it, and it's like practical effects, which is like it'd be so easy to have like a bunch of bullshit CGI blood and they yeah. don't. It's 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 spurting and it's good. Also I like that the, the, the vampires <laughs> that's that's yes. quote on the back of the DVD. It's spurting and, and it's, it's good. good. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I appreciated is that the vampires never clean the blood off themselves. So Danny no. Houston just has blood all over his face. I love for that. most of yeah. the that's movie. a snack for later. He's saving it. Also, I like how maybe he Scooby Doo licks his face. Uh, the the blood never turns like brownish the way it does in real life. It right. just stays red because it's, it's so sur- cold on the surfaces everywhere, kind of wet. Yeah, for, yeah. for a month. <laughs> That's but, true. For a month. So Billy's like, and his arm's gone, and he's bit, and he's and just, his teeth are getting all sharp. And his suddenly. teeth are starting to get sharp, and they're like, oh, he's turning into a vampire. <laughs> just fucking, just he get, not enough thought. Just bam, the like thickest, best, most satisfying axe to the neck I've seen in a long time. And oh, like, man. like that first hit removes, like it's like hits most, his collarbone, yeah, and like his neck and head like 
are like lifted up. Yeah, it's and like then, 70% but, off. And then you get to see him hit it again <laughs> right. until it, the head is removed. Yeah. And it, it's no, it's not even fully removed. It's hanging by just oh, the barest of threads. Yes. But it's also, those are great practical effects. It looks like him. It looks yeah. like his head. I'm like, yeah, did, they, did they use out. like a, a prosthetic dummy, but then like CGI his face onto it? Yeah. Because it, it's like, it's very impressive. Usually that's the kind of thing where they'd show it from behind. Right. So you, it's just the back of the head and they can more easily use. No, you watch like the a, process. A yeah. You look into his eyes. You watch him chop his head off. Yeah. It, it you know, it'd be rules. crazy if he actually died for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. dude, make it realistic. And, and Josh, I'm like the and new Josh Daniel Day Lewis. Man. Yeah, yeah. New Daniel Day Lewis. Josh, come on, movies. come on the podcast. That's and tell why us he if you actually killed Manu Bennett, who still had an acting career. <laughs> this is why it was his last <laughs> studio film. He's like, I can't do the things they're asking of me. This I'm is the a, ultimate method actor. This Harvey was, Weinstein's there. Like, do it. Oh, God. <laughs> God damn it! Why do we bring Weinstein back? <laughs> because it's we have heart and and he always has to come up, even if he's not involved in this movie. Because this was a Columbia Pictures release that Sam Raimi produced. Actually, Sam Raimi considered directing this movie, I would be curious to see Sam Raimi's version of this. Could, he shoulda. Anyways. I mean, I mean, just, just imagine <laughs> Raimi's vampire attack scenes. Jake's thoughts. He shoulda. Like, Raimi would not have, have rushed the, the vampire attacks. No, they no. would have been the best. There would have been comical chase scenes where it's through Marlo's POV as he runs after Josh, and Josh runs through, like, narrow hallways and keeps looking back. Yeah. It's an Evil Dead reference, but okay. Yeah. Um, Good they, movie, though. Thank you, yeah. No, I'm but saying it, for the listeners. The other, the other thing that, I, that I, I, we have to bring up yeah. is after Josh injects himself with vampire blood and goes to fight the vamps, while, also while they're doing a fairly smart move and just burning the town down. Yeah, yeah. finally. Jesus tracks. Christ. Yeah, also a good way to like, like get the, the humans out. The, out the yeah, smoke them out. But uh, so, so, so Josh fights Marlo. Yeah. And a lot of the fight, they're like throwing each other around and stuff like that. But it's like the, a WWE match. I know it exactly is. what you're going to say. But the finishing move. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> I found fascinating. I actually rewound it to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> because, so basically, it, it, the fight ends when Marl just like leaps, like flies straight at Josh. And Josh... Because now he has enhanced vampire strength. He punches... <laughs> mind you. Forget. He punches... Through his head, like yeah. like in, well, he, <laughs> through he his mouth, into his mouth, through like the back of his head, and then it looks like he like grabs the just a part of the back of his skull, right? And his then, brainstem, yeah, and, and then like it right rips off. it yeah. back through, and then Marlo like falls down dead, but like the whole back of his head missing and just like stuff leaking out. Yeah, Marlo impales his own dumb self on Josh Hartnett's fist. Marlo gets yeah. really, so silly. Marlo gets a really cool move in though. Which one's that? When he flips over and le- leaps back onto his feet? No, no. Marl, the cool, what I thought was the best, because the fight's kind of choppy again. They, they edit action kind of poorly, but yeah. like, uh, what they stayed, was so fucking good. Josh is like on the ground. He's losing really badly, and he sort of gets up on his hands and knees a little bit, and then Marlo runs up and just like field goal kicks him in the jaw. Oh, oh and, yeah. And Josh slams on the ground and he like spins around a couple of times yeah, on the cool. snow and I was like that l- is great because that looks like it really hit with force that was a good one also I, I'm, I'm blanking on who this happened to but earlier isn't there a part where Marlo just stomps on someone's head when they're still alive oh the bearded dude the, that like, rides the tractor guy, yeah. oh, oh my god we didn't talk about Mark Boone Jr. Yeah, oh, he's fuck. in it, and he's got a beard and dynamite. This is also one of the better parts of the movie. So Mark Boone Jr., uh, who you've seen in, in a lot of movies because he always looks like a homeless man with yeah. like, like a long beard and long curly hair. He, okay. He looks like what Jack Black's going to turn into. Maybe. When he's an old Maybe. man. Maybe. Well, so 
Mark Boone Jr. Is, pro- yes. is probably the, the man best known uh, as the guy uh, whom Batman told to swear to him. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> and uh, in ba- he, he's, he's uh, Detective Flass, the corrupt cop. Yeah. Who Batman hangs upside down and shouts, "Swear to me!" Yeah, right. and, uh, that, and that was him. him. Rachel. He also gets tortured by rats in Too Fast, Too Furious. Chased <laughs> uh, by rats. Th- th- there's tortured a, by there's a torture that. scene. Oh. He's not, he, I think he's another corrupt cop in, in Too Fast. Did too he Furious, put a rat in his where butt? no they the, the criminals. <laughs> this, this is actually like a, a pretty good like torture scene. They they put like a, a trash can over his stomach and put a rat inside, right. and then like light a flame on the on the backside of, of it so that the rat will get really frantic and try to like dig its way out through him. This Man. is too fast, too furious. <laughs> the silly <laughs> one. Yeah, it's the silliest. That's one. The, why is that scene in there? I don't know, but That's it's fucked it, up. It, 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 it's surprisingly <laughs> intense for a very silly movie. Anyway, so Mark Boone Jr. He's a guy. <laughs> he's he's just kind of like the, this wacky drunk in town. But there's he's a not se- even a drunk. Yeah, he seems kind of like a drunk. He looks like he's no, enjoyed at least a like couple a, he's of just uh, a curmudgeon. prosciutto. <laughs> prosciutto? He likes a good meal. <laughs> he's fat. We're, we're, sorry. we're losing Jake. He's fat. So, anyway, there's a scene where, where <laughs> the motivation isn't very good. He's just kind of yeah. like, I want to do something now to help. And so he gets like this sort of like thresher machine like, like like construction vehicle thing it seems yeah. like the tractor that almost that almost killed yeah Josh's that apparently the, the, the brakes don't work in it anymore but he <laughs> just drives it through town and it just tears apart a lot of vampires yeah. like we like there's a part where like he you do hook, a good job he hooks like a bear trap to one and drags it behind it he's got a shotgun he's like blasting them yeah but it like takes a bunch out and there's some good gore there at least seven or eight it's it's a it's a fun scene because you get to watch there's this good gore but then his plan seems poorly thought out (laughs) because then he crashes it into a bar and he gets out and he's got like a flares and also a box of dynamite yeah he was gonna blow himself up yeah but it seems like it would be a great plan if he lured all the vampires together and then blew himself up Instead, like, two vampires come in, and he, then he blows himself up, like, right away. And then the rest just watch from outside, and you're like, dude, you were so close <laughs> the rest to a great like, plan. The rest are just like, what's he, what's he do? Oh, man, he blew up. And then he, like, flies out of a window, and he's lying on the ground. They're like, oh. And then they just are like, let's squish his head. And, but then again, <laughs> he doesn't and, even blow up with the it's, dynamite. It's really quick, but Marla step stomps on his head, and you and it's like a, you can see a close up of his head, and it, like, his head, Indents. like, buckles. Starts like, to go, yeah. yeah. It's nasty. It is, but uh, anyway, and then and then Josh is a vampire, and then the sun is rising because it's it's the end, and the rest of the vampires just disperse. Oh, yeah, that was another weird Marlo's editing dead. choice when we were talking about the choppy editing because the vampires obviously their leader dies and they're all prepared to leave, but there's not a single shot that shows them leaving. The vampires kind of look upon Josh, and then his ex-wife shows up, and then all of the vampires are gone, and, then, and it was just another weird example of like, hey. The editing's awkward. Also, you didn't even get that pickup shot. Also, like, leaving. didn't weren't you confused? There was like a shot where it looked like there were people milling around outside, like more than had survived. Yeah, like okay, huh? twelve people, like just suddenly like standing outside. Yeah, and I'm like, are those vampires? <laughs> They're friends now. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Oh, can I couldn't I? tell if they wanted Josh to be their leader for a second. Yeah. Like, well, you killed him. I mean. Will you Santa come to Claus the back rules. of the boat like, with you us? Gotta, you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta be the big... Santa Claus rules, yeah, right? Yeah, you gotta be the big uh, the All big movies adhere to that. Now. 
Um, can I can I just recommend a fun movie where there was it, this is a good example of a movie where there is an end fight between two characters that have to one character becomes the monster in order to fight the main antagonist. It's a movie from 1999 called Ravenous, and yeah. it's about cannibals. Ravenous is and really Guy Pierce turns so himself long. into a cannibal in order to fight Robert Carlyle in an abandoned old Western village in the United States at the end of it. And I just remember. I was a little let down by the final fight scene in 30 Days of 30 Night. 30 Days of 30 Night. Um, that's not the movie title at all. But I didn't like the last fight scene in this one as much. And I just, it made me think of this movie, Ravenous, where they fight in this village. And um, Guy Pierce basically has to make the same decision as Josh Hartnett. And I remember loving that end of that movie so much. <laughs> it also helps that Ravenous has, is like, a little bit of a sense of humor to it. Yeah. So they that play guy off that a lot gets of jokes. hit with the spear or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's uh, the proposition. That's another Guy Pierce movie. Damn it. Yeah. That's also, a great scene. By the though. way, since you bring up Guy Pierce, yeah. uh, uh, as a little addendum to a previous episode, you know, we, we talked about the Black Dahlia. Yeah. And uh, after we talked about the Black Dahlia, I went back and revisited LA Confidential for the first time in more than a decade. Really, really good movie. Yeah. Much better than the Black Dahlia. <laughs> Go check that one out, guys. Yeah. Anyway, uh, guys, don't be I think that's kind of yeah. Josh Hartnett of, dies, well, and it, it ends in that bleak fashion. Josh and, and, Hartnett and Melissa George holds him as he kind of turns to ash, which is an, an, a nice final shot. It, it does look nice, and it's also like uh, there's clearly CGI involved, but it, I feel like it's done cleverly, where it's like it actually looks like his skin is just becoming ash and kind of. Yeah. I mean, the way Blade Two ends, where uh, Blade is holding Nissa, who's right. kind of like the the daughter of like the head vampire. Uh, she like full in full blade fashion like turns to embers and floats away. This is just kind of like Josh's skin burns. And it's then he's gross. Dead. Actually, I thought he did the scene really well too. He sort of acted the kind of scared that not that this movie is realistic or relatable in any sense, right. but just like kind of like the fear I feel like a normal person would have when they know that they have to subject themselves to getting set on fire. Like he hides himself in like the crook of his ex wife's armpit. Yeah. And like basically yeah. like peers fearfully out and it's like, fuck, the sun's gonna hit and it's gonna hurt so bad. And I actually felt really bad ow, for him. I was ow, no. Yeah, no, no, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> and I actually felt really bad. And it was for whatever weird reason kind of touching. Yeah, it worked. Sad. Yeah. I thought he did a good job. I thought he knocked it out of the park that last scene. I I will say, as much as I have like been a little tough on Josh this episode, I think his performance gets better as the movie goes on, and he, and he has to play the more intense scenes. Yeah. I think he's good there. I just agreed. You know. No, I gotta. I'm rock hard on for this one, and I'm full through the entire movie. I think he's yeah, great. Yeah, I, I think I've, I don't think he's the, the problem. Has flowed in, and, <laughs> and I it feel won't go away. That's one thumbs up if you catch my drift. <laughs> I, you know, guys, I'm gonna say I don't have a hard on. Mm. What? I know, I know. I'm like a. I'm, I feel you know, like you I'm had a hard on surprises. for some way worse performance. I do too. I, I think it's because. I really mo- don't, I guess. I think it's because this movie has so much going for it that I'm being a little tougher on it because I want it to be great. It is, cl- yeah. It definitely missed. It definitely whiffed on, on being really great. I agree yeah. with both of you. I just don't think Josh has anything to do with why it's not. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I still, I, I, I maintain that I think he is. A little miscast. I don't think he he, he uh, brings as much to to the role as he could. But right. um, but Yo, still, get rid of that hammy ass, corny ass vampire that's licking. His <laughs> I like the Dave Batista vampire. <laughs> no, who is that guy? Let's that look him up. That guy turns out it's Dave Batista. It's Dave Batista. Yeah. Uh, shout out to that guy. You just keep doing your thing, dude. No. I don't know what other roles you got after this. Dave Batista. 
Or, or this guy. This guy. Oh, yeah, I was going to say David Batista's You're not, not yeah. going to find out. I'm not. Uh, no, it, oh, it turns out in the credits he's there as Dave Batista Vampire. It's funny because Dave Batista wasn't really famous yet. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, at, at this in, in the... In real time. No, I'm, I'm, looking, at, <laughs> I'm looking at the IMDb credits, and I'm just like, who is he? Uh, oh, best Danny Houston line? When the woman's like, oh my god, and then Danny Houston just like crouches down, like looks up and looks at him, he's like, no god. <laughs> yeah, their language, the vampire language is hilarious. Yeah. No it's yeah. like, it's like, it's like, oh, I found him. I found him. I found him. <laughs> uh, this is, this is the guy, right? Yeah. Dude, he still looks like that vampire. What's his name? Andrew Stalen. Hey, Andrew Stalen. <laughs> oh, Why are you stealing oh, wait, your house and, guys, not do, <laughs> and not act and not be a vampire? Guys, and ruin he, it. he's a New Zealand actor who. Uh, vampire. Well, he's also a stuntman. <laughs> I'm a vampire. And, and he's been. He's, Fucking idiot. He, he's. He, he's yeah. He, he's been in like a lot of Peter Jackson movies. Uh, That's right. He was probably an orc, wasn't he? Yeah, you were an orc. You were a you? fucking goblin. I bet you were an orc. Actually, no, no. He, More like dork. He didn't start acting until after. No, he. he uh, wait, no. He is in the Hobbit movies. So it's not. The yeah, you would be. Yeah, you're, you're an probably orc. a Hobbit. You're probably. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. He's a stunt performer in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then King Kong, and then the Hobbit movies, and in so many things. He's in everything shot in New Zealand. Yeah, you yeah, would be. You Dylan. were a goblin. Yeah. Or anyway, an orc. guys. Um, I, that's that's the end of the episode. That's three days of night and. <laughs> This is it? Yeah. Guys, this is a turning point. Mm. We have reached the end of Josh Hartnett's Hollywood career. Next oh, week, next week <laughs> we are talking about the <laughs> indie drama August. Mm. Uh, so which is which is which is about August 2001 before 9/11. And also one of jo- I think it's Josh's Can't wait to talk first about 9/11 and the truth about 9/11. Josh is a producer and and his brother is played by Adam Scott. I can't wait to see this. We're going to talk about 9-11. I'm going to get some stuff off my chest. David Bowie's in this movie. Sloan from Entourage is in this movie. I can't wait. David Bowie, 9-11. Get ready. The two, the pairing you've wanted to see. Okay. You're going to be begging for a Bowie. (laughs) The towers are coming down, Sarah. (laughs) No! That's Hoggle, who's also in Hoggle's Towers. No! <laughs> okay, uh, th- okay th- this got tasteless fast. Um, you can watch the videos uh, that I make with these guys at youtube.com slash Patrick H. Willems. Follow me on all the social medias at Patrick H. Willems. Uh, for this podcast, obviously follow us on Twitter at Hart Hartnett. Send us emails, hartheartnet at gmail.com. You can, of course, if you've got a few uh, a spare minute or so, go on iTunes, give us a nice little rating, subscribe, uh, write us a little review. We read them all and we appreciate them. You can follow Jake on Twitter at, at JR Torpy. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matthew Torpy and yes. on Instagram at Matt.sucks. Thank you, Pat. Guys, we will we not see you next week, but we we will be back next week and you will hear us and uh, uh, let's hope that, that Jake's marriage goes off without a hitch. You'll hear us next week. Love you, bye.